Hello, everyone. Welcome to Scott and Paul's Ramblin' Podcast. Hello. 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 Uh, I'm doing very well and we're talking about Fraser, which is fitting because you're now in good mental and physical health by all accounts. I am. I, I am I am physically well, well, as well as I usually am and I've had a good night's sleep and hey, Scotland qualified for a major tournament again. Hey. <laughs> I know, uh, I seen a tweet the other night, it was from uh, Billy Kirkwood, the commentator from uh, the Scottish Promotion ICW, he said like, Scotland had its first ever Scottish WWE champion, Scotland qualified for a major tournament. Is 2020 actually our best year for sports? Well, for me it is. I mean, Rangers are killing the league and Scotland have qualified for the tournament, so I'm happy. My dad pointed something out that uh, Scotland's recent success is weirdly similar to a, a routine done some years ago by a Scottish comedian called uh, Danny Boy. He's a yeah. he's a half Indian, half Scottish comedian, and years ago he did a routine about the, the World Cup in Qatar. And joking about how like the lack of alcohol that allowed in that country, and he jokes, "No, in Scotland, like that'll be the first one we qualify for in years, and we can't even enjoy it because we can't get pissed." <laughs> and my dad pointed out this is weirdly similar that we've qualified for a tournament for next year when there'll likely be no fans to see us. Then, oh, I'll be getting straight. It's like like the old adage, like a tree falls in the forest. If Scotland score a goal in a major tournament and no one sees it, did it happen? Smoking habit. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I think Scotland we're qualified for a major tournament. I was fourteen. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So a long ass fucking time. It was. It was ninety eight, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I remember because like ICW once did a show called France ninety eight with like a football like theme. Uh, yeah. Because that, and then they just kept it going uh, every year. That when they had France ninety nine, which was. Like had a FIFA like theme and poster, and then they did FIFA two thousand, which they sailed after WrestleMania two thousand's color scheme. Yeah, you know we're uh, here to talk about Frasier three, and we mentioned it what feels like forever ago, but we'll mention it here because it's been a while since we actually talked about Frasier. We're doing three episodes today. The episodes in the order that we that they aired are episode fourteen, room Ser- no fourteen, the ski lodge. Sorry. Episode 15, Room Service, and episode 16, Beware of Greeks. But, as you'll soon learn, me and Paul are not fans of uh, Beware of Greeks, and so we don't want to end on that episode, so we're going to actually start with that, and then work our way back through the Ski Lodge and then Room Service, so we can end on a good episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, say, like, there are very few, like, Frasier fans will, like, there's, like, 11 seasons worth of episodes, so obviously some people like some episodes better than, than others, but I think there are one or two episodes that a lot of Frasier fans commonly dislike. Like I've heard quite a few Frasier fans who don't like the uh, the Nathan Lane episode, which I know you don't like. Oh, that's, that, I hate that episode more than I hate the Greeks episode. <laughs> but then I don't think I've ever actually heard anyone who likes this episode. And you know, I'll enter to see like because yeah. we, we there are some Frasier groups that I, I share these episodes with. I'm like I like to see some people's like feedback from that. I'd, I'd like to see yeah. if there is anyone who actually is a fan of of this episode. It's a funny thing when you mention the Nathan Lane episode. I I I really like Nathan Lane. No, oh, yeah, but he's just poorly. Nathan Lane's funny, but that episode's just awful, man. Yeah, yeah, he's 
it's not a it's not a good fit for him that role. No, no. But playing a straight guy. Well, no, just the uh, just the <laughs> this con man character they've gone playing because there are a number of other guest roles you could have included him in. Like, say if he got included in like the Patrick Stewart role for later on as the guy who thinks Fraser's gay, I think he would have been really good in that role. I mean, oh, few people can oh, really yeah. replace Patrick Stewart, but still. No one can replace Patrick Stewart, man. No, of course not. Ah. But, that's, that's Captain Picard you're talking about there, man. <laughs> I know, I know. And the Professor Hayes. officer. <laughs> and, and Bullock from, uh, from American Dad. I love him as Bullock. I know. Anyway, moving weirdly on, we're going to be yeah. talking about Fraser. As I said, it's been a while since we've had a Fraser themed episode, so it's good to get back to it. But uh, it will be. We uh, next week we'll be doing our next episode of Making Impact because we decided that obviously we're waiting for Paul to feel better because you know we, if you listen to our Summer Slam ninety two episode, he was feeling quite under the weather. But I thought we'll get back I, to. I must Apologise to our listeners for that episode. I was not in the right way at all. I just I wanted to power through and do my best, and my best just was not good enough. I think I think we still got some good stuff out of that episode, you know. And but like we wanted to wait till you were better, and then when you started feeling better, I realised like we're actually fairly close to uh, to to our turning point. So I thought, fuck it, we'll yeah. do the episode after turning point, so we can do Bound for Glory and Turning Point, and the whole who shot Johnny Bravo and all these other weird things that are going on. As well as like our little, our, the continuation of our thing with our, with our rosters that we've got going yeah. on. So, you know, that will be a, a stacked episode. And then I was hoping the week after that we'd be able to do uh, In Your Gaff 5. Hell yes. You know, we'll get. Wait, but if you're in, into us talking about the wrestling, no, we'll have that in the next couple of weeks. But I thought it was a bit time we got back to, to Fraser. And so we'll have a lot to talk about with Impact next week. But. With Fraser, we'll just jump straight into episode 16, Beware of Greeks. Yeah. <laughs> I know what's funny about all three of these episodes, that I'll just get out of the way now, all three of them take place in the booth. Like, yeah, as they open. Because, yeah. like, the first two seasons, like, at least the first season and a half or so, like, pretty much every episode... Uh, ended like opened in the booth so much so that we made a joke out of it or like a, or a running theme. A running, a running, a running humor from us. Yeah, where we'd like, oh my god, it started in the booth. <gasps> Kill surprise. <laughs> and then it started becoming more and more. It started in the cafe. Yeah, no, it was it was more it started becoming more common to start in like the cafe or something like that. But uh, for season five, especially for these three episodes, like they went back to the old like. Old Faithful just starting in the booth because I think, as we'll see for some of the episodes, plot line wise, it's just somehow easier for it to be in the booth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, let's 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 get into it. All right then. Well, no more small talk from Paul apparently. Peel, peel the band, peel off the bandage. You know what I mean? Peel off the plaster. Let's yeah. Get this episode's done. So Fraser's just wrapped up his show and he's chatting with Roz and she says, can I get your honest opinion about something and don't just tell me what you think I want to hear on? Certainly. And she, she puts on a hat that she's bought. And you see Fraser looking like he's trying not to like snigger. And yeah. he walks past and like, oh, you hate it, don't you? Like, no, I'm kidding, Roz. Like, I love it, genuinely. You mean it? <laughs> like, yeah, really. Well, 
I'm sorry, I'm feeling a little insecure, you know, now that I'm pregnant. You no, know, I keep seeing something cute in the window. And I keep remembering I can't have it. And uh, she looks at the window just as a young man walks by and he goes, here we go again. <laughs> what did you think of the hat? Do you think it suited him? Fraser's nephew. No, it would be his cousin. Oh it's, oh, it's cousin, yeah, yeah. So, uh, what did you think of the hat, by the way? Do you think it's suited, Rose? I'll be honest, considering I was watching a Jamiroquai video today, mm-hmm. it reminded me of the guy for Jamiroquai's hat. <laughs> All right. I... It, it wasn't very becoming on her, you know. Yeah, maybe not. But yes, uh, so Fraser's cousin, Nico, shows up. And uh, yeah. they're all having right a seat. Right from the beginning, I'm sorry to cut in, Scott, but right from the beginning, there's already problems with this episode, in my opinion. How so? Well, through the five, through the four and a bit seasons that's preceded it so far, has Fraser ever mentioned anything about having a cousin or... You know, a Greek cousin, or you know. Yeah, I think I get what you're meaning. Never, like, it's never been mentioned. I think the fact that, like, I think it comes uh, apparent that because of Fraser and some advice he gave to Nico some years earlier, obviously they've been kind of estranged. Where like the mother didn't want to see them, so I think obviously, yeah. so I don't think they really mentioned it. But then again, like, yeah, Fraser, I don't think has ever really mentioned any like sort of like Greek relation. Although I don't know, can't really think no. of a situation where it would have been relevant for him to say so. So immediate, immediately you get this plot line that seems out of out of kilter with everything, you know. Mm-hmm. And then Roz, as she's one to do, tries to start like flirting with with Nikos and all that, and like, oh, you don't even look like a crane. Well, he's half Greek. He gets his looks from his mother. Okay, but he gets looks from lots of women. <laughs> <laughs> and Fraser because she's her look as if like steady on. And uh, fell down. Uh, he's like, well, like we haven't seen each other in ages, and uh, and uh, Nikos kind of assumes that Fraser kind of turned down the invitation to his wedding, but Fraser's that all surprising. Like he's the first to him, it's the first he's ever hearing of it, and then it becomes apparent that Nikos's mother basically told him that she he turned down the invitation. Rather, it turns out she just didn't actually send them one because she didn't want them there. Like, yeah, he's like, oh God, I might have known. I knew she wouldn't have sent it. Yeah, she's still angry about that, and uh, goes, oh, she must still be angry about my advice I gave her, I gave you, and, and Rose's like, well, this sounds like a, a family matter, and she just pulls up a chair and puts her feet up on the, the desk, like, so what advice is this? Typical nosy Rose, she's like, either. And, uh, like, Nico's all, it's like, it's perfectly innocent, like, he just saved me from going in the wrong career path, No, she's really, really been vindictive about this, and then Fraser and Nico's go to say they're going to go and have a chat about it. And then Roz yeah. asked him, well, what was the advice? You know, what was career you were going to do? And, like, Fraser tried to get uh, Nikos out of there before he, like, he's made to look bad. He's like, oh, yeah. no. my parents wanted me to go to medical school. Oh, so and Fraser saved you from that. What did what you end up doing? Oh, I'm a, strug- oh, I'm a juggler. I perform in street corners. <laughs> oh... And Fraser pulls the face and say, "Oh God, he's told it now." And oh, then yeah. Roz just like, "Wow, tell me, do people sometimes oh. throw you a spare change when you're pouring on streets? Sometimes." And she gives him his hat. Every time, sometimes. Well, maybe this hat will do you. <laughs> Here's something you can catch it in. 
Uh, but yeah, like Fraser realizing like it doesn't actually make him look like the best psychiatrist that he convinced him to become a street performer rather than a rather than a, a surgeon or whatever they want to be. But like, if that was what he wanted to do, it then does, it, it does feed into what Fraser's like on occasion. Like he, he must have told the guy to follow his passion, mm-hmm. follow his heart, you know. Uh, also, he probably th- didn't realize at the time that he, he really wanted to like perform in street corners. Yeah. So then we cut to. Fraser does that a lot, you know. He does. He does offer people advice in the sense of like, follow your passion, follow your dream, without thinking too much about the possible consequences of his advice. Yeah, very much so. You know, and we cut to the apartment, and this is where the main continuity issue of the episode lies, where uh, yeah. Martin is angry at Fraser over the advice, telling like, you know, it's all your fault. You're in your damn advice. And like Daphne's trying to get me like calm down and stay still. She's trying to take his like blood pressure, which by the way I thought yeah. that was going to be a thing. Like randomly, like oh Martin needs to calm him down or something, and like no, it's just she just happens to be taking his blood pressure for reasons. Yeah. <laughs> but he's like, you know, if you hadn't stuck your big nose in, you know, my my nephew would be a surgeon right now, and I'd be going to his wedding. Uh. And Daphne takes the reading two four two over eleven. That sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Niles tries to act like he's like he's fine with it. Like oh, you know, we're clearly we're clearly been snubbed. There's nothing we can do about it. Oh, said save it now. You're just scared of going because you don't want to see cousin Yvonne. <laughs> who's cousin Yvonne? Oh, just a cousin who's got a slight crush on Niles. Slight crush. <laughs> they're, they're they're cannibals unless man hungry. And then Daphne talks about the idea of a secret admirer. Like, oh, I thought it'd be romantic to have somebody longing after me from the from a distance. No. But now that I think about it, yeah, it's kind of sick. <laughs> and I was immediately changes to like, well, I don't think I think sick is a strong word, but yeah, it's not just what he says. It's the facial expressions. Like he talks about it, and then she says that. And he, he always looks like a scolded dog whenever she does that. <laughs> And uh, also Martin says, uh, you know, because of your damn advice, Zora won't even let me in her restaurant. Oh, yes, for you to go elsewhere when you have a hankering for stuffed grapes and zither music. <laughs> and then later on, Daphne's around the butt and goes like, I know this seems like a family matter, but I feel I need to speak up. Yes, Daphne? I like zither music, and I always have. <laughs> yeah, I know, you all kind of stand there like, okay, cool. And then like, she wanders off and like Fraser goes, and we're back, just like like forgetting whatever else he said. Yeah. Uh. Was there been a few instances during the seasons where they've done that with Daphne, well? Yeah. There's like um like one where they're like anyone ever think about putting a two way lock on her door? <laughs> and yet she's and yet she's never been committed. I don't know why. Oh my. <laughs> But then Niles like, takes takes this up as an opportunity to take a wee like cheap shot at Fraser, you know, talk about Fraser's usual hand fisted advice, you know, and now we can't go to the wedding and Martin goes, Do you ever feel realize what it's like to be in the same city as you're probably not taught him for five years? No, but I'd like to give it a try. Right. Bloody There it is, right there. Uh huh. I don't I, I don't know I can't remember after I've made what season it was. I think it was it was one with Fraser still in long hair. 
I think so about right in episode. Yeah, author, author, which is like a season one episode because when because yeah. uh, he, he says he didn't have a brother, but he uses the example of him and an old partner that he made up. And then he, when he reveals it to Daphne, he goes, at least there's one good writer in the family, so it had to be the author, author episode. But, so in season one, mm-hmm. he doesn't have a brother. Yeah. In season five, he's upset he can't see his brother. Hmm. What man? You know? I know. Like, I think even if, like, we, for argument's sake, this, like, this the episode of season one where he said that was in the timeline of after Fraser's getting the advice so they can't see them because it's been five years. But, like, even then, if Martin always had a brother, he would never use the phrase, oh, now I never had a brother because surely Fraser and Nez would have met their uncle before so they would have known he was yeah, t- talking pish. I would, you know, a few times I've thought about um, saying that in the first season, mm-hmm. and like I, I never had a brother. Even if his brother was distant through that kind of situation, blah blah blah, you wouldn't use that phrase, and you wouldn't say I never had a brother. Yeah, he said like I never talked that much to my brother or something like that. You would acknowledge you had no, one, I but acknowledge that I never talked to my brother. You know? Yeah, like acknowledge that you're not that close, but at least you still have one. Yeah. Again, like. I think, again, there's a season one episode, so I think they were still establishing the continuity of Frasier and and then they didn't realise no, that years later... Frasier didn't have a family until the spin-off. Yeah, because like, they acknowledged the fact that they didn't mention his family in Cheers when like Sam visits. He said to like, Martin, like, you told us you were dead. Yeah. <laughs> We'd had a well, fight, I was out. He told me a stuffed shirt and hung up on me. <laughs> I was mad. <laughs> All this time drinking with bar patrons? You never mentioned you had a brother? Well, usually when Fraser talks, you know, we have to tune him out, so he may have mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> but, so yeah, like, I think the typical thing, like, in the first season, they try and establish a continuity, but then sometimes, and later seasons, especially for one that goes, like, five or more seasons, as Fraser's getting at this point, you need to start yeah. backtracking on things for the sake of, like, a plot line for a one off episode. You know, so there are other shows. Wee a little when they throw that kind of because they've done that a lot in Frasier. You know. Yeah, there are certain series, there are certain shows that are really annoying for that kind of thing, but this is yeah. like one of the biggest examples of it. I think it's I think it's more so like see when we have a show like Frasier, and I'm talking like shows back in the nineties, early thousands, shows you could really get invested in. You know. Mhm. Where you get invested in the characters, I'm talking Frasier. Friends, Will and Grace, even because a lot of people were into that, you know. Mm-hmm. But if you get so heavily invested in the characters and the storyline, when the storyline sort of wavers a little bit from what you know is the set storyline, uh-huh. you're always like, "Oh fuck, that's, that's not that's not right. He doesn't have this, or that's not how that happened," you know. Mm-hmm. So, like, episodes like that are little, little throw-in bits info like that really do throw you. Yeah. And, like, Frasier, as I said, like, there, a show that goes, like, 11 seasons, like Frasier does, it's going to have the occasional, like, poorly written or, like, really bad, like, episode, but you think, like yeah. you said, like, you see, like, the, the people behind Frasier, and us, I've went out and said that I think Frasier's one of the best written shows, like, ever. Oh, it, it really is. And, like, especially when we talk about, like, the next episode we're going to talk about, they have instances where they're always firing on all cylinders, or, like, even when there's okay episodes, it's still very well written in that and then very well acted and everything, but, like, 
you'd yeah. think like the people behind Vigil would be a lot smarter and like be a lot better at something like this, you know, and then rather than just blatantly going back on something that they established earlier on in the show. Yeah, a lot of the time, though, with writers, this is, like, I don't know this, this is just an assumption, but a lot of the time, when you've got a show that's running that long, and it's really doing well, because Frasier was a very rated show, you know? Yeah, it was winning all, like, all the awards for a while. Yeah, yeah, but um, when people are writing for a show like that, like a well-established show, blah, 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 a lot of the time, even the writers at times don't so much look back, like, just constantly look forward, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, how can we progress the story? How can we do this? Blah, blah, blah. We don't always look back on what they've previously written, you know? Mm-hmm, I get you. So, we could throw a line into a, or a storyline into a program. Yeah, because I think... And they... the fans will go, well, that's a little fucked up, and the writers will be like, well, you know... Well, either, well, either we forgot or we didn't think you'd, you'd all remember. We, we didn't think you'd remember. He didn't have a brother in the first season. <laughs> yeah, I think they also... Because it was also... It's such a throwaway line in the first season, the way he says, like, they never had a brother. But I think, yeah. again, for the purpose of this episode, like, serving their plot, and they need a family, like, members that they're estranged from, and... They couldn't just go as far as to say it's like a cousin or something like that. It has to be like, like Martin's brother for whatever reason. Yeah, like a full other side of the family. Yeah, because like, they play up the fact later on that he and his brothers about the fact that they've not been, they've seen each other well, don't really communicate as much when they do see each other. But even there, I don't think that moment between, <laughs> even there, I don't think that moment between the two is really worth the like complete backtracking they've gone through here. No, uh, it's just short and awkward. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, but then Future's like, oh, oh, I'd like to give it a try. And it went all about not seeing your brother for five and just takes just a glare at Niles. And they're like, Future's like, maybe if I just talk to the answer, like, no, she's a vindictive woman, she's not going to listen. And Future, and uh, Marnie says, the best thing you can do is just leave it alone. And Marnie looks away and Niles is happy for Future to leave it alone because he doesn't, again, doesn't want to see Yvonne. But then Future goes, then Fraser, like, is like, well, he sees see his dad's clearly hurt by the fact that he misses his brother, so he says, like, I'm going to do it, not for me, but for, for him. So, yeah. he, he calls her, and he goes, and Sora? Well, that's comforting, she remembered my voice. Uh. <laughs> she immediately also hung up. And then he goes, <laughs> what's, yeah. what's weird is, he, he go, then goes to leave to, like, go to, like, the restaurant, and you can see Niles leaving with him. But Niles like doesn't appear when he actually shows up at the restaurant. I mean, at least, at least Niles went somewhere else. I like to see like at least a, a ten second clip of like Niles basically refusing to enter the restaurant because he's too afraid of her. Because you know that's a very much a Niles thing. He's very weak willed. You know the episode with with uh, restaurant. Mm-hmm. When Niles was nervous to go in because of Stefano. Vaguely, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like that. All right. So he goes in. He goes. So they said. Also, you know, there are rumors that when the Nazis occupied Greece, she joined up just so she could, could strangle Nazis. Oh, that's just our urban myth. Now she had to be a child when that happened. Why do you think the legends say they were strangled with jump ropes? Huh. <laughs> and they got to her in the kitchen. She's yelling at people. She's basically like a 
female Greek version of bloody Gordon Ramsay just I only like it comes off the top of my head and I don't know how far in this is so you can stop me if I'm jumping a little but <laughs> the one where it's like you say she's randomly jumping around shouting at people and getting people like very Gordon Ramsay-esque as you said mm-hmm. but like, Dimitri don't make me hurt you again <laughs> And uh, the point when she finds a skewer bent because if I find when I find who bent the skewer, I'm gonna jam it in his eye, and you can see a guy behind her immediately walking away, just like don't don't let her know it was you. And then like she's like basically like flattening out some like meat with a mallet, and then she immediately sees when she sees Rachel coming, she ends up banging out like twice as hard as she was when he first came in, and uh, basically he tries to like talk to her like hey, talks like. The reason with her, and like she keeps wandering away from, her and she's wandering in the kitchen with her, and uh, we get one of the few good lines of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, whenever this bit comes up, I always wet myself here. It's, it's so funny. I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you take this one. Well, as you say, Fraser's trying to talk to her. She's blanking like fuck. Very moody, am. and we're wandering around the kitchen. And he's like, huh, oh, like taking a trip around the Greek islands. <laughs> <laughs> One chef says the cheek to giggle at it, she slaps him right in the muck. <laughs> and, and right, right, just like, just in one swift motion, just turns around, tsh, catches him right yeah. now. Slap, well, every time I see the slap, I do a fucking demon smell. It's so funny. <laughs> oh, I was wanting to try this, a trip around the Greek islands. And the wee guy's like, ha ha ha, and she just goes, scud. <laughs> Uh, and then, like, eventually, like, you say he's sorry, and then eventually, the only, only time she actually stops to, like, acknowledge that she's listening to him is when he says, uh, I will never meddle and never interfere again. And I will promote <laughs> this restaurant on my radio show for, does he say, or something? A week. A month. Or, or is that a month? Uh, like, is that a month? No, she's a week, and then she stares at more intently, and he's like, A month. Raise ya! <laughs> And then she's all hugging him and uh, saying that she invites them to the rehearsal dinner the night before as well. And then uh, she's randomly, I can't remember what it is, but she grabs a rag piece of Greek food and shoves his mouth and basically like, putting it across like Greek food isn't really widely known as being the best. And then you're like, ah, look at me, I'm a big softy, I'm crying. And Fraser's like, me too. Hi. I mean, I've never met many Greek people, but this Zora does not sound very good. She sounds more Italian in the way she a woman plays her. I, I must say, though, she, like, she's not an unlikable woman. Hmm, that's debatable. She's a very, very forthright, a very, very confident person, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, the sort of, don't fuck with this woman. Yeah. Know? Yeah, I think they get across that she is quite in- intimidating as they as they made her out to be before she was like shown. Not not yeah. the not, not the best acted character, I don't think. Though. I, I I have heard that actress is actually very very uh, highly respected in in circles. You know. All right. I think she's a. I think she's the same as the chick that played uh, uh, Kate Costas. Mhm. I think she does a lot of theatre and such. You know. I, think, I just think she kind of overdoes it with the accents on some scenes, like especially in this like rehearsal dinner scene. It's very exaggerated and quite intense, but it's still, you can ring a bit of humour out of it, you know? 
Yeah, I'm just saying, like, it's the exaggerated nature that makes me wonder, like, is this woman even Greek? Mind you, again, I'm not an expert on what Greek people really sound like. Yeah, I, I, I can't immediately think I've met any Greek people. <laughs> anyway, they're st- technically still in the restaurant, it's just after the rehearsal uh, dinner, and, like, he and Niles and Vaj are coming down the steps, and Niles is annoyed, and like, well, I hope you're happy, like, because now he has to face that woman, and he's like, oh, did they even come anywhere near you during the rehearsal? Uh, why do you think? Why do you think that was? I was hiding in the confessional for the whole, the whole time. By the way, this is this is Miss Papas is having an affair. Yeah. And then she sees like Fraser and and now, and like ah, oh, yeah. it's been hard not seeing you know. I was just thinking. Then she immediately sees the uh, evil and like kill me now. <laughs> Uh, How would you describe Cousin Avon? Well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would I wouldn't say she's a she's not an unattractive woman. <laughs> okay, she's not an attractive, but by God, she's intense. Yes, I mean she she I think she's intending to she's trying to force herself on Niles. Yeah, she's, she is quite intense. Uh, the, the phrase breastfeed a crash comes to mind when I see this woman. Mm. Oh, she's intense. Yes. And uh, basically it gets... Uh, I think there's a good chance she would break Niles if she got her hands on him. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, then she drags him away and like, oh, go away, have some champagne. It's, now that's it, that's to say French stuff. Real Greek champagne. Fraser kind of just gets all like, oh yes, like... <laughs> Uh, and then, like, the uh, he meets Martin, and he sees Daphne. Goes like, "Oh, she's my uh, uh, personal like, was it home healthcare worker or something like that?" He, he sees her and goes like, oh, is that what they're calling it now? You dirty old man." <laughs> and you can see like Daphne is mortified, to, like, "Hey, <laughs> uh, oh my God, I think I'm a bloody hooker or something." Aye, uh, and. Uh, he features up turning to Nikos and he's uh, Mar- and Marianne, he's a uh, fiance, and uh, it becomes apparent this woman is only date with Nikos just because it annoys her parents. Yeah, she doesn't seem a very nice girl. No, she's from like a wealthy family, which is part of the reason he's uh, Nikos' family likes her, especially his mum. Then he cuts over yeah. to uh, Marianne's parents and they're just sitting there looking like everybody's having a good time in the restaurant. The other two, they stand out, they both look fucking miserable. A lot of people would see nowadays with the way society is and all this, you know, everybody's offended by every goddamn thing. Mm-hmm. If, if, if this episode came out now, I bet you people would have something to moan about about it. Yeah, so. Well, uh, making fun of a culture, making people look bad, blah, 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 you know. Hoity-toity's looking down on lesser people. Yeah. You know? Yeah, in a and, way, but like... I, I don't want to be one of these people that would probably get moaned at by society anyway. But I am, so... Yeah. But, I know, but like, I think it's a case of like, I think it's more so, yes, yeah, she's kind of rich and she kind of looks down on people and so it's like, she looked... She didn't think that much of Nikos, but also she knew that he would... Her, her parents wouldn't think much of him, but... Then again, I think it's also a case of not just like different cultures, but also I think it's a case of like her, she's got her own like 
we're talking about like Fraser's like characters, like it's clear she's got her own like issues with her parents and like insecurities, yeah, yeah. and that's part of the reason she's with Nikos as well. Yeah, using using Nikos as a means to an end. I know she seems basically like the spoiled kid who's despite being given everything, somehow still hates their mum and dad, and does basically does shit like this to get back at them for some reason. You know, I never understand these rich kids in programs and that. Uh-huh. If my parents been rich and giving me everything, uh-huh. I would love my parents. <laughs> you know, I say, I say that. I mean, I, I do love my parents. My parents give me everything. Of course, my parents are awesome. <laughs> well, good to know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, and then Nico still describes. How he and how they met and that, but but you know, he's, and then it comes like more apparent, like why she's with them and like the fact that he apparently performed yeah. at one of their like country parties and that, and then she just randomly asked me for asked him for a date right there in front of her parents, and <laughs> he also accidentally calls her by a different name. He calls her Crystal, who is his ex, which then immediately yeah. gives Fraser cause for concern. But like he's like holding back himself back. Then obviously Zora sees them talking, so it basically gives Nico some like, excuse to not be with Fraser just to like prevent Fraser ruining things again. Yeah, Nico Nico says Crystal because he still obviously has feelings for Crystal. Mm-hmm. But Fraser gives that look what Fraser has has, you know? Mm-hmm. Like he really wants to, you know, start offering his advice but he knows the the consequences of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like um, yeah, okay. <laughs> and, like, she goes, like, she's helping, like, the sous chef, and I make sure he doesn't get into the wine or something like that, and this is the line I was talking to you, one of the few good ones that I talked about before we started recording there. Last time he drank yeah. on the job, he got his head caught in the duck press. Well, how do you manage that? With my help. And, and she just shoots <laughs> that, like, serious head and it's like, I'm not fucking kidding kind of look. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, so what were you two talking about? And then Fraser immediately like, oh, no, like, I made your promise and I die before I, I break it and she goes or soon after it's the way she says it Lloyd like what were you talking about yeah see like no I, I swore you never give any advice and I stick by that I would die before I do that or soon after <laughs> yeah uh, and then because the uh, free sorry Martin sitting with Daphne and you, like, you see a group of like older, like, middle-aged women kind of whispering and looking over in Daphne's direction, and Daphne's like, see, they're all looking at me funny just because they think I'm they, I'm your home healthcare worker, they think it's something different, and uh, Martin's like, oh, but Martin's like, oh, I don't take any notice, and like, you know, I love uh, my brother and that, but, like, before he met Zora, word was she was easier to make than a peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, he laughs, he laughs, and like, does your brother know this? He goes, like, well, no, and I wouldn't want to tell him, you know, I mean, I love him, but he's not the brightest bulb in the, uh, uh, and he's like, bulb box. <laughs> yeah. Well, so there's a, like, a cousin, like Eddie or whatever, or he's like going around with a camera and then we see the guy without the camera goes like, oh, where's the camera? He goes, ah, so you didn't, well, good. And then he pulls back like a cloth and shows that the camera was like pointed in their like direction. Like, so obviously <laughs> they're, they didn't realize they were being taped. And like, oh, well, you know, like, we didn't really say anything. Why don't you go back and tape over? It's weird. This is Papa. I said the same thing. <laughs> Which took me a second. I really like, oh, yeah, that's the woman that 
Mail said earlier was having the affair, so. <laughs> also, I think I missed over that, like, if I, I can't remember where it happened, but basically, Martin and his brother meet up, and basically, they have basically, like, that typical one we you have with a relative, you don't, you don't see that often, like, the, how are you? Uh, same old, same old. And you? Yeah. Well, good talking to you. <laughs> and, like, Fraser just kind of takes the biscuit and, like, oh, it's amazing how you two can pick up right where you left off. <laughs> and they cut to Fraser looking at the wine bottles. He takes two wine bottles off the, the top, but and like immediately behind him, you can see Niles' face, just like the w- like put psst, put those back. <laughs> good, good Lord, Niles. <laughs> Sorry, I'm hiding. Like, and so where I announced I was I was divorced. You should have seen if I. I think she was licking her lips. <laughs> And like, really, like he said, like I'm not really too sure about this marriage and all that. Talking about he thinks about Nikos and Niles getting all too excited voice, like, oh, does this mean you're going to medal again and get kicked out? He's so happy, but I was like, oh, you're going to medal again and get kicked out? Yeah. And so I think it was like this scene with the wine, then the bit with the the camera and that, and then gets to Fraser and Nikos talking again, and what did deal where he's talking a lot about this crystal. She's also a street performer, and then he. he Nikos tries to see if like Fraser knows her, and like no, I don't get out to street theater as often as I should. <laughs> and event talked about how she wanted to perform in Paris, but he wanted to stay in America. And then by the time she came back from Paris, he was engaged and all that. And we talking about it shows he still has feelings. And then he was like, no, I don't want to meddle. And like like no, like Fraser, I value your advice amongst. I value your advice more than anyone's. You know, you saved me from going down a wrong career path. So it feels like Fraser thinks like, oh, well, I've got the blessing from him, so maybe I should. And before you actually say anything again, Zora gets involved. And this is one of the worst examples. Uh, like, I can't remember what she, who she was talking about, what she like, gets Nikos to do, but like, she has this over-exaggerated about the acting. It's very nice to have a family event where someone doesn't leave an ambulance, am I right? Am I right? Mm-hmm. Again, really overdoing it with the, the accent. And basically then Marty and Daphne, despite the fact that Eddie told them that they'd met, the tape also included him chatting with, like, Nico's, like, 101-year-old, like, great-grandmother or something like that. They basically say, like, ah, we need to get rid of this tape because we called Zora easy. No, we were, we were standing there, right, and, uh, like, Martin's like, oh, Eddie, you look like you've been carrying that camera around all night. Let me take it out I'll do it. You go get yourself some chow or something. And, and then we, we take. And then Martin's holding it, and he's like, you say, he told us to put Nico's hundred and one year old grandmother, and he's like, it works. It has a look on his face. Just, like, is that his guilt or something? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and then, and then Daphne pipes up and says, "Oh, you have to press that button there." And he's like, "Oh, all right, cool." <laughs> Top button in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You drop it in a flower pot. Aye. Bit of that. Which is, and the kind of kind of a throwaway thing because like it just goes across two scenes where they easily get the camera back and get rid of the tape. Where, like, I think that's a weird, an overused trope. The especially like when you've got sitcoms where like somebody's at a family event where somebody's filming it, or somebody gets caught yeah. seeing something they shouldn't be seeing, and then they go through the course of the evening trying to get it back. And this. Yeah, so they just do it as a throwaway thing, like, oh, they got caught. Oh, look, now they solved it. Yeah. 
say let's let's why you should always be careful what you say at a family event. Mm-hmm. That's why I never say anything. <laughs> and if I get to, I sit away from people so I don't say anything. Yeah. Do do the honorable thing. Talk about people when they're not looking. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> uh, so Fraser goes into the the kitchen and he sees Niles there hiding like. Why are, you, why are you just hiding in the men's room? Where do you think Cousin Yvonne is right now? <laughs> and uh, he mentions that he called uh, Fraser. <laughs> he called uh, Crystal uh, to tell her about Nikos' feelings. He goes like, but I left her with a message with her roommate. She wasn't home. Do you have roommates? <laughs> <laughs> and then Fraser gets asked to like make a, a toast, but then he, he, he keeps emphasising the idea of like, no, marriage is not something to be rushed into hastily, you know, like, basically double, double down the idea, like, make sure you actually love the person you're with, and, uh... Yeah, she's doing all this, and she's like, what kind of a speech is this? Oh, I just want to make sure my cousin marries the, the woman, his, woman of his dream. <laughs> and she kind of, yeah. she kind of accepts, and then she takes it and goes like, my, Nikos, you're my only son, and truly what I want to say is, she around, what the hell are you doing here? Obviously, Crystal, the one who truly loves, has showed up. Mm-hmm. And she shows up, and she's like, she's like, Nikos. And she's obviously, she's wanting to say something to him, and then she just goes, fuck it, and she grabs some breadsticks or something. Mm-hmm. And starts, like, proceeds to start juggling with him. Hey, and he ends up like, what are you doing? Stop it. <laughs> and I forgot about the, the it's not that jugglers have roommates, but it's like, he was like, How did you, I thought she wasn't home. Her phone must have called her on her car phone. Jugglers have car phones? But, well, we, we start juggling, they get close, and then they start kissing, and it's very sweet and nice. Uh-huh. And then, basically, he just tells Marion that, sorry, like, um, like she's the one for me, and she's all angry, and you see, you turn around, and her, her parents are just beaming, like, damn it, you see how happy you've made my parents? <laughs> And they both like wander, they storm out, and uh, Zora tries to get Fraser's help, and it looks like Fraser's gonna get away with it. Goes, Oh, I'm sorry, and Zora, I made you a promise, no meddling. No meddling. <laughs> and uh, then it looks like they're gonna leave, and uh, and then Nico's basically uh, calls calls Fraser out and basically like thanks him in front of everybody, which then Zora does okay. some like. Does it too? And he's like, "Why could she have been a mime?" <laughs> that was the best. Like, Fraser, like, so, like she's like, looks so, so, like, "Why are they thanking you?" And then Chris goes like, "We owe our happiness to him." Like, "Why couldn't she have been a mime?" <laughs> like the idea, like the anguish in his voice. Like, I was so close. Now she's going to kill me. Uh. <laughs> and he uh, was like, "Let's all raise a glass to Fraser Crane." And Zora goes, "I'll raise more than a glass." She like smashes a bottle. And like chases them, and like, why did you run into the kitchen? If anything, the kitchen has given her more sharp things in which to hurt you with. Yeah. Like. She was with a with a with a duck press and a skewer. No, like it's it basically it's her kitchen. She knows how everything works in there. Yeah, she knows how to hurt you in there. Yeah, she she knows how to torture our staff, as we heard earlier on. But. <laughs> Uh, Fraser, Martin just kind of awkwardly goes out to his brother and goes like, well, Walt, it's been fun. And they wander off, you know. 
and Martin will go off and never mention his brother again. Yep. Much like Agadiz. Oh, yeah. I mean, do you think Agadiz was an old horse? He probably didn't live that much longer. He didn't talk about him after he met him. I know. But he goes... And inconsistencies. Mm-hmm. So, like, you just hear Fraser screaming off camera as they're you're smashing in the kitchen and we get to the credits but where basically it's the guy uh, filming Cousin Yvonne with crawling all over her nails and then he just is like oh like, I'll take the camera and then he you see the camera guy sitting down with uh, Yvonne and then basically the camera guy goes on the side and you see nails running into the kitchen away from Yvonne who then chases after him <laughs> and he runs it well though mm-hmm so well we're at the end of Beware Greeks we talked more about it than I thought it would. I think we were talking more about the plot issues with, like, again, with regards to his brother than the actual episode itself, but... Yeah, honestly, now, now that we've reviewed the episode and talked about it, I think the, the plot inconsistencies annoy me. Mm-hmm. But as a standalone episode, it is actually quite funny. It has its moments. It's not an episode I would go out of my way to watch. Like, like if I'm watching that particular disc, I'm not... I'd probably watch that episode kind of... That episode would probably be one of the last ones on that disc I'd watch. I'd, I'd put it another way. If I was watching that particular disc, like, or whatever, mm-hmm. I wouldn't skip the episode. I wouldn't pay 100% attention to it, but I wouldn't skip it. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, because it does make me chuckle, you know. So, in terms of where your thumb is for this episode... I'd, I'd say meddling. I'm kind of middling to down, like, again, like, it's got some of those, some decent moments that we talked about, which keep a bit from yeah. being a full down, but then again, like, I wouldn't really f- fully be, like, invested in it, I'd probably be on my phone text to be or doing other things while it was on in the background if I was watching it. Yeah, but no, I'd, I'd probably say middle, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say middling to down, I'd say a definite middling, you know? Yeah, but... But I think we're going to move on to some probably definite thumbs-ups for the next couple of episodes as we go back a bit, kind of, technically, to episode 14, which is the Ski Lodge, which is, we'll talk about how it sets up later on, but I've heard a lot of people comparing this to episodes like The Innkeepers and Ham Radio and the way that everything kind of comes together, and uh, we'll see if that's accurate later on. But again, it starts in the booth, and like I feel like really bad for, for Roz in a sense here. <laughs> I do, but she she gets a TV out of it. Well, yeah, but like again, it's one of those typical like yeah, like especially these last three episodes like, have been uh, well, technically four because it happened in uh, the Marath Counselor, even though like in that episode, Rod basically stole the show almost with her like the call screening. Yeah, but but like it's a case of like oh, Rod needs to get at least one scene, so we'll just have her in the booth with Fraser, and they kind of use Rod's. And like this, these competitions, she keeps getting signed up for to explain basically how they got to the uh, how they got to the ski lodge, uh, where she so like they finish the show and they see a woman like Connie from promotions like oh god I can't I can't do it anymore you know she's always signing me up for a charity charity thing or a kids school raffle or whatever and uh, we'll just say oh how hard is it to say no at least once well look who I'm talking to right basically Fraser. Even though Ross's pregnant doesn't like mind taking like a shot at how easy she can be like, how hard is it to say no? Oh well look who I'm talking to. Uh. 
And then in comes Connie, uh, who Roz is very blunt before she even get out what she's going to say. Look, Connie, I'm all tapped out. I've given to your raffle, your kid's charity thing. Like, Look, I'm tapped out. Like, whatever you got, forget it. Well, it's... Yeah, she, it's the way she does it, though. Like you say, like, Connie comes in before Connie's even said a word. Roz is like, look, Connie, I've tapped out. I've paid for your kid's school. I've paid for your cookies. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> well, I'll just go then. Oh, by the way, my church had its raffle. You won the grand prize. Congrats. Oh, oh Connie, Connie, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, screw it. What did I win? <laughs> also, what what kind of church, how well off is this church if it's able to offer free ski weekends with an Olympic champ giving you lessons? <laughs> Scotland, it's America. Well, yeah. I mean, this is the Scotland. home of, this is the home of fucking televangelists, you know? Yeah, this is the, this is the home of where church equals money. Fair enough. <laughs> It's not salvation, it's just money. What's that mystery solved? And you know what the thing is? In the words of George Carlin, Mm. they always need more. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, like in the UK, it's always... They always need more money. It's always for... In the UK, they've always got bad roofs, all a bit of money for the church roof and all that. Yeah. In the UK, it's a bit of money for the church roof or Mm. whatever. In America... It's insane money. Uh, but insane. and that I am not. I am not speaking down on religion. I'm not speaking down on America. I'm just talking about the whole system of organized religion. It all seems to be about money. It it does seem that way. You know, there've been whole like TV programs about it and everything. But we're this is not really the place to be discussing. So we'll move on. Yeah, but Rod's got the no, grand prize. No. Do you got a, a ski? A free ski weekend at a lodge and like lessons, like from our Olympic champ and everything. She's all excited and she's like, "Oh, that's great!" It's a shame you won't be really take or take advantage of those lessons, you know, with the, uh, with the, uh, you know, you being pregnant and all. Well, there'll be other stuff to do. Yeah. Oh, sure, sure. Just because you can ski or hike or or snowboarding, still, still got by a warm fire with a nice cup of. All oh, right, sorry. Oh no. I mean. Sure, you'll have a great time, you know. Just hope you can enjoy the four-hour drive. You know, you've been so car sick these days. Pretty sure I, I never win anything like this. I'm, I want to go. I'm not even going to give. I wouldn't give it up for. Big I wouldn't screen. give it up for anything. Big, big screen TV. Keys are in the envelope. In the envelope. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I would never give it up for anything with a big screen TV. Keys in the envelope. It does seem kind of, again, a wee bit vindictive by Fraser Park, because, like, yeah, Rod like, can't go skiing in her condition and everything, but, like, the way he just, like, kind of goes about it, like, oh, you know, it's just a shame, uh, but at least you get, Rod gets yeah. something out of it. It's interesting, though, because this, this season was between 97 and 98, right? Uh-huh. Which, funnily enough, this season transpired around the same time Scotland qualified for a major tournament. <laughs> Up until now. Yeah, <laughs> but I wonder just how big that big screen TV would have been in '97. Interesting, yeah. I mean, I don't think it would be as big as the massive telly that he tries to get for Martin and the uh, the gift horse oh. with the big Stonehenge like speakers. But yeah, also, also, even even I wouldn't want that TV. That's too much. Also, well, wait, trying to remember what, how tiny they show Roz's apartment being, you know, after she gets a bigger one when she has a kid, but, like... Hey, hey, come on, Ro- Roz's apartment, 
just before she had the kid was cool, man. And I'm just trying to think where this massive tail is going to go. She's got randomly a booth in the middle of her apartment. She's got shoes yeah, hanging on the wall yeah. behind her. Where the hell is the TV going to go? I'm trying. I'm just trying to figure out where this massive telly goes. I would assume in the bit of the apartment that you don't see. <laughs> well, it's hardly hardly anything you can't see because again, it's fucking tiny. True, but don't don't you love her shoe wall? I know you love her shoe wall. I have indifferent feelings I about the shoe love wall. Her shoe wall. I don't love all the shoes on her shoe wall, but I love her shoe wall. But anyway, speaking of TVs, we cut to the apartment where Martin is listening, watching TV, but he's got it up quite loud because, uh, as he said, he's got a cold stuffing up his, his ears. So that'll be a, a, a main plot point with Martin's inability to really hear properly throughout the episode. But <laughs> uh, So Daphne answers the door and Niles comes in and he's on the phone to a lawyer, like his lawyer talking about the settlement that he's been offered by Maris's lawyer. It's like, no, you call that settlement? No, you call them tell them to turn it down. And he's standing next to Martin. I said, turn it down, you ninny. All right, you don't have to yell. <laughs> and he's like, I got a new lawyer. Mine is clearly no match for for Maris's team. You know, well, when we were recording, I sent Maris a Valentine's Day card. and said, "You're the one my heart adores. Everything I have is yours." Now they're calling that a prenup. <laughs> that's dodgy, man. <laughs> but you know, lawyers, man. That's that's the trick. Never give anyone a card. They can always <laughs> use it against you. And. Uh, yeah, that's the main lesson. But I love, then again, like Martin Hewitt comes in and plays, you're like, can you imagine using that against someone? An old Valentine. I love a cold Valentine. Cold Valentine. <laughs> it's, it's a big smile he's got me to be like, I love a cold Valentine. Valentine. like, that's is it, it you're getting fact, it. Is it the fact that he's getting a Valentine or the fact that he's getting it brought to him? <laughs> I think sure are both, I think. Yeah. Then like, Dad's like, that's it, you're getting a hearing aid. And then suddenly that, that, that part he hears, like, I don't need a hearing aid. My hearing will clear up in a few days. Yeah. And the end comes Fraser. He's all excited. Oh, what are y'all doing? Sitting around. She'll be pecking. For what? The great ski weekend I'm taking you on. And they're like, and like, there's going to be an Olympic champ to give us lessons. And like, what well, about Fraser sits there always? Oh, it's a shame you can't take advantage of those lessons. Yeah, he's so willing to take his father who has a bullet and he walks with a cane who also won't be able to take advantage of those lessons. Yeah. Just because he and like Niles and Daphne will be able to just like, oh, well, how about just leave Martin sitting here? Yeah. So, I just, I but just, you know, you know, he, you know, he, he would never not take his dad. Oh yeah, but I'm sure his dad would find something doing that. But like, uh, even though I don't know if Mario was much of a skier when he when he wasn't walking me, I came but like just something that occurred to me like, oh yeah, Ross can't go because he's pregnant. But like, hold on, you're bringing a man who walks with a cane. Yeah, a man who walks with a cane, yes, but a man who's bringing rum with him. Well, yeah, there's that. <laughs> yes, you need, on on a nice weekend away, you need your designated rum man. Yeah, although hot buttered rum sounds nasty. <laughs> yeah, I haven't had any myself, I'm not much of a rum person. I like rum. I don't like it with butter, though. You ever had it with butter? No. <laughs> well, how do you know you don't like it, then? Because I know I don't like butter with my booze. All right, all right. Totally. I don't. I don't. I don't have to have butter with my booze to know I wouldn't like that concept. But anyway, but Nafni then seems like she she might not be able to to go. And that Niles like is insisting like he he wants her to be there. Like why not? Oh my 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 friend Annie's coming in and it's her birthday week. And like oh bring her along. You know the more the merrier. And 
like, well, where does she sleep? Well, there's not enough room. Well, she can have mine. Where will you sleep? I'm, I'm sure I'll think of something. And you're like, well, I know, she, I know she's very small too. She was captain in the girls' rugby team at school. <laughs> and then Fraser is like, he, he doesn't want her to come, but then he's like, all right, fine. And then she wanders off, and like, Fraser's like, well, are they ni- nice to uh, and then make this a better weekend? Or like, captain, they're all rugby captain. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that and the big like I need like now it's like I need to come like I'm finally gonna tell her I feel and all that and like like yeah, man you filed for, for divorce proceedings a week ago can't you wait wait I went five years waiting dad don't you think it's about time I got ten after five <laughs> and that's them standing right next to him as the, as this conversation is going on he still he still can't hear them yeah <laughs> but I I believe that that. And you know, I'll, I'll touch with my granddad if they haunt me for this one. Alright. But I believe when you reach a particular age, uh-huh. you're hearing can be selective. Mm-hmm. That's, that's I suppose, one of the few joys I'm looking forward to in my, my autumn years. <laughs> well, pretending you can't hear people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do like now, but I can't get away with it. So. <laughs> no, you seem like an ignorant bastard when you do it now. Hey, I'm not an ignorant bastard. I well, thought you seem like it if you do it now because it just seems ignorant, but if you're old, then you might think, oh, his hearing's ever going a bit. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a drunken bastard. Then again, you run the risk of people. Then again, when you're older, you run the risk of people basically shouting everything they say to you because they assume that you're deaf. They do like to me now. <laughs> you know, a lot of the time when I'm halfway down a bottle of tonic wine, I can't hear them. Anyway, but Razor basically like, oh, I'm not spending my weekend with a woman who clearly sounds like an avalandress, talking about Annie. And he goes to yeah. tell Daphne that uh, she can't bring her, and then out comes Daphne goes, oh, she's, I phoned Annie, she's all excited. Turns out she just bought some new skis with the money she made off her latest swimsuit catalogue. And uh, Razor just kind of just... Turns out and he's like, well, I hope you're happy, we're stuck with her now. <laughs> Oh, like, yeah, you're so upset by being stuck with an underwear model. Mm. Which I think it was, I realised this the other day, like, Daphne claimed that when they were pals, she was meeting in the pub episode with a model, like, how does Daphne know so many models? Because, because she was in a TV programme, remember? Oh, yes. Well, <laughs> well you'd be forgiven for again that, because it only pops up once, but yeah, <laughs> But you see, you see now, that is the kind of continuity that you can accept, though. Yeah. But the fact that they had no brother and then had a brother was Daph. Mm. The fact that Daphne was a lot of underwear models and models and whatnot is acceptable because she was in a TV programme. But then they get to the the cabin and they was like, wow, look at this place. And then Martin says exactly the same thing because he also didn't hear him. And uh, he says to Fraser, like, it's amazing we got here in one piece at all. The way you're taking those curves, poor Annie kept getting nudged up against you. Oh, what can I say? I'm a bad driver. Bad driver. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, she seems quite friendly and all, but don't you think she's a tad, what's the blood for him? Stupid? Stupid. <laughs> oh, she's a little unschooled, like, like Liza Doolittle. <laughs> 
I can't remember the rest of the reference, but I'm pretty sure it's a My Fair Lady reference, which is the kind of highbrow high humour they, they usually use in, in Fraser. Yeah, yeah. It's like the bit in Family Guy, wow, this really is a smart show. Oh. <laughs> and then, like, Daphne and that come in uh, with Annie, and, like, it was like, wow, look at that view, but the one in mind of the Matterhorn, and <laughs> Annie goes, I don't, well, no, oh, I'm, I'm not sorry, very musical. I'm not very musical. <laughs> Which, what was bizarre was like the actress who plays Annie I can't remember I don't know her name but the only other thing I've seen her in is and she appeared in one of the episodes of uh, that 70s show as a character called Big Rhonda yeah this whole thing was she, was she wasn't very attractive but she was done up to me that way and then there was like an episode where she like you see her like years later and she's become and she's actually good looking I even in that but I didn't even like recognise her as Annie and then, like somebody on Facebook put me, mentioned that there was the same character, and like, Jesus, you wouldn't have known. Yeah. Oh, she's she's definitely um, she's definitely a pretty woman, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, they're play, I think they're playing on a stereotype that attractive like blonde people aren't very bright because the whole thing about Annie, as they said, like as Mel said, she's a bit stupid. Oh yeah, she's she's dumb as fuck. Yeah. You know. Uh, <laughs> Great. Uh, so like Nels takes Daphne's bag and says like uh, oh what where, where room do you want oh the one up there on the left like oh what a coincidence next to mine and uh, Annie goes well I'll take the one next to that and so Frieza takes her bag up and it becomes clear that uh, Annie is like interested in Nels like oh so he's the one who's getting divorced well I guess I'll have to cheer him up then like don't don't you go anywhere near and the last thing he needs is to have his heart broken and she zips up Annie's top a little bit and I love Annie's just like petulant nature. She just goes, but it's my birthday. But it's my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. I should be, I should be allowed to go out of where I want, even if they're getting divorced. I'm, it's my birthday. You know, I I call her dumb as fuck, but you know I'm petulantly glad at times. <laughs> but it's my birthday. And, uh, yeah. And then uh, in comes yeah, Gee, the ski driver goes like. Can we just have a nice, relaxing weekend? Does everything have to be about sex? Hello? And then immediately Daphne's like attracted to Guy. Yeah, he's a, he's a fine looking gent. And he uh, goes, I hope you're ready to ski tomorrow. I'll be working you very hard. <laughs> <laughs> and then Daphne's like, Dude's on the Frenchman. Like, well, you can have him. He's not half as cute as Dr. Crane. But then out comes Feature, who thinks they're talking about him. Like, oh, please stop. My ears are burning. And then uh, they all meet Guy and... Uh, better working with Niles. They all meet Guy and uh, he and uh, Niles speak about French to each other. And uh, uh, and he goes, we. Oui. And like, oh, you speak French too? No? All I know how to say is we. Oui. The only way I know is we. Oui. <laughs> well, that should be enough to get you through the weekend. Rachel's <laughs> so, such a creep in this episode. I know. Uh, like there's a bit where like they see a couple of deer in the snow and all that and everybody like is all like staring at the person they're interested in so you've got Fraser kind of looking at Annie Annie looking at Nails Nails looking at Daphne and Daphne looking at Guy and then he's not looking at Daphne no then they just have Guy kind of looking around and you're like oh is he going to interest me and then like you said maybe Daphne or Annie but then he just casually takes a peek at uh, Nails' arse and <laughs> Just, yeah, like we mentioned it in uh, 
the Matt Steger episode when it's revealed that Tom is gay and like how yeah. well can they, they portray him as, as being gay as opposed to like some other like TV shows might and I think it's a similar situation uh, here where like they don't need to be like gay's not like uh, like a stereotype of a gay character on TV show where he's just like they yeah. all they need to do is just have him give a quick glance to, to Niles and occasionally like like meeting Niles kind of like trying to chat Niles up but like they don't they don't do yeah. too much they just don't need to do much to establish by the way he's gay and he's interested in Niles I must I must say mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry to cut into like what you were saying on the episode review of what we're doing but sure yeah. the very fact like that's a key thing I've always always loved about Frasier mm-hmm well, with modern programming and with some programming at the time, mm-hmm. it felt like every gay character had to be a stereotype. Mm-hmm. You know, had to be bouncing and the reflected voice and, you know, yeah, and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Frasier never, ever did that. Mm-hmm. Ever. Every, every gay character in Frasier was just a person. Mm-hmm. You know, there was there were never there was never ever an upwards inflection in the voice, never any femininity, never any silliness. They were just attracted to guys, you know. Yeah, and I think it was also like it was always like implied by like, whenever like a straight character is finds out that somebody that they know is gay, and, like they somehow assume that that means they're automatically attracted to everybody and all that. And like, yeah, it, it seems like they're about to play that when Fraser walks back into the apartment and sees Tom waiting there. But then you realise, like, really how they present it is basically, like, this is awkward, my boss thinks I'm interested in him, how do I say this without offending my new boss? And, and it's yeah, not... it's not, nothing to do with that he's gay, it's the fact that he's his boss. And also, the fact, also the fact that he uh, goes, like, but Niles, come on, when we all know that David High Pierce in real life is gay, and in this show, yeah. again, he's being pursued by a gay man. <laughs> and also, this, like, look that he gives to Niles, who... Like clear it is. It also makes his next line all that funnier when uh, he's like making a fire and Daphne goes like, "Oh, you're handy. You're a chef. You're a ski instructor. Is there anything you don't do? There are a few things, yes." <laughs> there are a few things. <laughs> and uh, in comes uh, Niles, and he comes into he's a. Uh, we have Robo and like, oh, now you're trail elegant and like, oh, all that food and rum. I thought I was going to burst out of my clothes. And Annie gets all excited and that's like, all right, settled in. And, uh, I, I love, I love to hear that thing. It's like, ah, oh, Niall, you're trail elegant. <laughs> and, uh, like, now Fraser comes in a similar robe and Daphne basically tries to nudge Annie's attention over to Fraser, but she could not give less of two shits. <laughs> I noticed how you caught yourself well. Yeah. Well, I think I was saying two things at one time. Like, oh, she couldn't give less of two shits. Basically, she doesn't care about Fraser. She's got her eyes only for Niles. Uh, she doesn't care about you. She cares about your problem, man. Yeah, like, there's a bit where she's like, oh, I finished my rum. And then basically implying that she wants Niles to get her more. And then Fraser goes like, oh, never let's they said that Fraser Crane let a woman go thirsty. Takes her cup. Definitely go get, go get <laughs> see dead finish that next batch. <laughs> It'll be, it'll be chivalrous towards a woman as long as a woman does the work for him. It just puts me in mind of the bit in the episode where Daphne got done like, you made her answer the door, it's what she does. Yeah. Oh, I felt so bad for her in that episode. 
But, uh, you know, she opens it, when she opens the door, she's like, Ross, oh my God, you got dumb. <laughs> you made her enter the door. That's what she does. That's what she does. She goes in and then, like, Martin Tieran comes back, they're like, He's like, oh, this is the last thing Annie needs more from me. He's all over poor Dr. Crane. Like, and also, Daphne, the way she keeps saying Dr. Crane, or, like when there's two Dr. Cranes in the family, it often causes confusion. And you think after five years, she'd be used to, she'd just start calling them Frasier and Niles. Yeah. You know. But, uh, Maybe she's a stickler for routine, I don't know. Yeah. But then, like, like, why can't Annie be hot for Frasier instead? What's that? That Annie, hot for Fraser. Hot for Fraser. Oh right, and like she had to have known that was going to cause confusion. The guy can't even hear. And then yeah. she looks out in the living room and like, no, oh, no, I should probably focus my attention more on Guy. He's the sort of tall drink of water I could go for. And she wanders away. Oh, here and, you go. <laughs> and Martin goes and gets her like up some water from the fridge, and he turns around. It's Fraser that's walked in. Like, oh, thanks, Dad, but I'm here for the rum. You know, I think it might be the kind of thing I need to seal the deal with Annie. Oh, Annie, oh, she's hot for you. Really? How did you know that? Daphne said so, you know. <laughs> she said Annie's hot for Fraser. Like, well, and Fraser, oh, God, this is so cheesy. He says, well, I should register this just and go with the love police. The magnet. <laughs> I should register this with the love police. <laughs> <laughs> and I bet that's a moment where Martin was happy that he didn't have any here and that he didn't have to hear that line. Yeah. And uh, I love this one from, from Annie, uh, you know, I've never been divorced myself, but my last boyfriend was, eventually. It's the way she says that. I've never been divorced, but my last boyfriend was, eventually. eventually. <laughs> no, it really helps me when I'm down, uh, and then eventually, David's guy, he's sort of like, and I need to talk to you in my room. What? I need to give you, give you your birthday present. And then, like, it's kind of close in on Niles, and then it kind of pans out a bit, and you see Geek just all sitting there very close to him, like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> like, Annie did not, definitely did not like the way Annie was flirting with you. Like, she didn't, did she? I think, you know, we can know what that means. And she dragged her right I off to her bedroom. Like, you can hear about Evan, so it becomes clear that Geek thinks that Annie and Daphne are gay as well. And, yeah. that, and that Daphne is not. It's just the way he's like, I, I think we both know. <laughs> yeah, and uh, like, it's like, he's like, he seems like Daphne was jealous, but he thinks she was jealous because, like, I was like, she wants Annie, and uh, Niall thinks that he's, there's a valid value in the fact that Daphne might want him well, because, like, she wanted I, Annie I think, out of the way. I think you may have skipped a wee bit, or you may not have, correct me if I'm wrong, but mm. uh, when Guy is asking how he likes his rum. No, that's his, that comes in a second. Oh, cool, cool, cool. And then, because after they had this conversation where Niles like thinks that uh, thinks that uh, Daphne's into him, it's like, oh, well, I don't think you liked any flirting either. Well, was it that obvious? You know, my she's not your uh, cup of tea. Well, between you and oh, me, my, between you and me, my attention's by elsewhere tonight. And he is like. Really? <laughs> <laughs> and then Fraser asked you to help uh, Dad with the rum. And like, okay, and then that's where he says to Fraser, like, like Dad, Fraser. How do you uh, like your rum? No, but first, like, Fraser's like, Fraser, like, Daphne is interested in me. Like, how do you know? She, did she tell you this? No, but Annie was flirting with me, and she started to write off in a jealous rage. Like, and she, Annie was not flirting with you. She's hot for me. I think I know what I'm being flirted with. Oh, Niles, go over yourself. Next thing you would say, geese after you. 
<laughs> and then, and this is the bit where you're talking about with the, when you said the room. That well, it's like it's small, but it's got a great view. No, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. Oh, it's great. And he was like, I think it's clouding my judgment. Uh, your son Niles is it my imagination, or is he attracted to? Uh, oh no, 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 it's not your not your imagination. <laughs> He's got it bad, really. Really? This is not a delicate subject for you, like, no, I mean, I didn't oh, encourage it, I didn't encourage it during your so-called marriage, but you know, he's had those feelings for years, now he's free, I say go for it. You're a wonderful father. <laughs> I do like the, the, I, the no, I, honestly, I, I feel bad for DNS episode. Mm-hmm. Like, I do like the, kind of the idea of, like, Martin also being older, but him, the idea that and he's making he's okay with him being gay, like, when he says, like, this is not a delicate subject for you, and he, like, says, like, wow, what a wonderful father. So they come back in, I love him, and then Daphne, sorry, Annie's wearing a night gown that Daphne gave, a, Daphne gave it to me. I bet she did. <laughs> 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 and uh, Martin is, uh, like, talking about the rum, and, like, you know, first time I made this was for your mother, you know? Like, I was so, like, nervous about asking her to marry me, you know, this gave me the courage, and I got myself a great big yes. It wasn't the only yes I got myself that night, either. <laughs> and, uh, and they talked about, you know, when you get older, you realize, like, it's not the times you made a nasty yourself that you regret, it's the times you never even tried, you know? You know, you just lost your nerve. And, like... Don't you think the one of them are horny as hell? Yeah, and so they're basically trying to make, impli- make implications to the people that they're attracted to, you know, like, you know... You should never be afraid to just go for it, you know, follow your heart's desires and all that. And uh, I wonder, like, what the hell is Martin thinking about this? And I realized, like, he's probably not even hearing it again because, like, again, he's, he's hearing's all fucked. And, he's, and once yeah. everybody's, like, done, uh, he's like, you know, it takes a, little, a while to make, but, you know, sometimes it's worth it. Just sit here and savor every sip. Everybody else, like, done, good night. <laughs> <laughs> like, going to bed. And Martin's like, oh, all right. And then. The key again goes like, enjoy your room. Like, uh, enjoy it better if it had a TV in it. <laughs> and it's at this point where I think the best part of the episode happens. Because like, I remember this is one of the episodes that used to occasionally be replayed on like Channel 4. Uh, and like I always remember this as the episode with like the room swap and people going between rooms. But I never yeah. like, never often got a chance to like properly see the build to it. But... <laughs> It, we see basically Annie and Daphne go into the like different rooms than they were meant to, and uh, Fraser and Nels look at each other like, I thought Daphne was in that room. Well, they must have switched. And then they go into their rooms, and it's only after that that Annie and Daphne come in and goes, Oh, what, what are we like? You know, we obviously got mixed up. Oh, well, no harm done. And then Fraser and, uh, and Nels pop their head out again. Obviously, they've not seen what happened. They still assume that they were in the rooms so that they just saw them going a second ago. And it's, all, the, it's all very calamitous. Mm-hmm. And uh, Daphne pokes her head out, and then Guy pokes his head out, like, ah. Oh. And then he says, uh, he kind of leads Daphne on about it, going like, I, I know what you want. Don't be timid. Go for it. And he's like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> what you want. Don't be timid. Go for it. And so then uh, Niles goes next door where he thinks Daphne is... And he's like, I need to say this now or lose my nerve. I need you. I wanted you since the moment I laid eyes on you. And out comes Annie, like, Annie. And Annie. Like, oh, I, 
I felt the same way, but I was being so timid. <laughs> Look, now, I'm trying to sing a single song out, but as usual, I've been too darn subtle. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> subtle. Aye, right, so, <laughs> it's like, uh, I hope you won't, won't say anything like to, uh, say anything to Daphne. My lips are sealed. Not for long, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, that, when I was like, I need to get your name, Gee Pops, he said, and like, Gee! <laughs> and, uh, he like... Miles. I heard I thought I heard your voice and then he goes there. I, I remember you want to see that thing in my room. <laughs> like, oh yes and in my room. And then Nails just uses this an excuse to get the hell out out of there like it's a uh, thank you for that. I owe you a big one. <laughs> and he's like and he's like he goes to go in his room and he goes, Your room? Oh, you're right. Probably best to go in your room. You're probably bound to hear me. No matter what I do, I'm bound to make noise. Sure. <laughs> And then they wander into Guy's room and uh, they see Daphne and they're like, Daphne! And she immediately pulls like her, the covers over when she sees Niles there, like, like no. oh, God. No. <laughs> is, is your room not satisfactory? <laughs> and Niles is just like, what are you doing in Guy's room? Oh, and she tries to play it like, oh, is this Guy's room? Huh, I was looking for Annie's room. Oh, now it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> and so then uh, she has to go back and then food, and I was like oh I'll, I'll walk you to your room and uh, he basically uses the safe together and goes like Thank, thanks for that the hall should be safe now and he goes I'll see you later okay <laughs> and they see Fraser in the hall and he's got a ball and they're like oh what were you two doing in Guy's room just saying goodnight and now we're off to say goodnight to Annie goodnight Dr. Crane is that champagne yeah, yes, I was about to give this to uh, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> and they all fought off, and then uh, Nails wants to send back Daphne into his room, like, because he's going to finally tell her how he feels. And he goes, This mate comes a bit of a shock. He turns the light on, and Annie's late now, like, like, Didn't I tell you to leave Dr. Crane alone? Now I see why. You want him all to yourself. I don't want him. Yeah. And this is, I think, this is probably better than the line about the uh, the divorce, but, like, Oh, so it's a threesome you're after. Well, I don't do well, those anymore. It's just the, the, the inclusion of the anymore as well. Oh, so it's a threesome you're after. Well, I don't do those anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's just... It's that I don't do it anymore. Uh, yeah. Like, this is all a bit of misunderstanding. I don't see why. You just barged in my room five minutes ago and told me how much you wanted me. And then as soon as this one bats her eyes at you, and then, and then like... Shove off. Shove off, Annie. This do you have it, Okay, see that again? The thing was cutting it down. Oh, it's like... It's like... This is the worst birthday I've ever had. <laughs> and Daphne's like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. Like, oh, no, wait. And he's like, no, oh, I've had enough embarrassment for a night. And then he goes, she goes into her room where Fraser thinks Annie is, and then you see Fraser popping a bottle of champagne in her bed, like, oh, Dr. <laughs> Cray, what are you doing in my bedroom? But like, oh, is this not Annie's room? Like, <laughs> and he, he goes, yeah. he goes like, oh, so it's this room I want? He goes through, and I think he's in Nail's room, and like, and then it's, he opens a little on and Guy's in his room, in the bed. Tom's like, Tom's like, and he's like, bonsoir. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, like, that's probably the best bit of the episode here. He goes like, you're, you're not the crane I want. You're not even the sex I want. 
not even a sex I want. <laughs> like, where is Niles? And then Fidget's like, wait, what? And then he opens the adjoining door like, oh, Niles? My God, what are you doing here with Guy? It's Niles, it's not how it looks. Oh, and then he like, and Niles does it kind of by rising up like, alright, and then he goes to the and he goes like, wait, why would I be jealous? And then he goes to him like, what? <laughs> <laughs> And Fidget goes like, well, I love to stay in chat, but there's a woman right here who wants me desperately. He goes through, Andy, ah! <laughs> How dare you barge in on me when I'm naked? <laughs> I'm sorry, my father said you were hot for me. He did not. But Daphne told him. No, I said you wanted your brother. <laughs> and he, he's like, can Niles and I please have some privacy? Can Niles and I please have some, some privacy? <laughs> and then... Uh, and he just looked at, looks over and he's like, you're just throwing yourself at everyone, aren't you? Uh, and then, I like... Just, I love things coming up. And then, like, Niles just kind of like, I'm done with this, and he goes around the bed like, can you please get out of my bed? I am not gay, Guy. Niles, be true to your true... Be honest to your true nature. Stop chasing these lesbians. Lesbians? lesbians. <laughs> your father said you wanted me. My father said this is... <laughs> And then they'll like, start arguing, and, and then comes Marley. Like, hey, people are trying to sleep. Hey, sometimes they're trying to sleep. Oh, my hearing's better. Well, good night. Well, <laughs> <laughs> he just looks around like, well, I don't know, I don't want to know what's going on. Good night, all. <laughs> but also at the bit, they, I'm not, I'm not gay. <laughs> just it reminds me like there's a Hulk Hogan bit where. Promo from like SmackDown where he's he's trying to say I was the right guy, but he says gay instead, and he immediately tries to correct himself. So it sounds like he's going, "You think I was the right gay guy?" Yeah. <laughs> and also, whenever you hear Gee's name, it reminds me of the bit like he talks about like a gardener he had also called Gee. Like no, he keeps correcting for He says like no Gee, back of the throat, Gee. Yeah, back of the throat, Gee. Gee. Anyway, everyone like, I think everyone should go back to their rooms and like forget this all happened. And Fiji like, hold on a moment. It's all the lust going through this large night. Hormones basically ricocheting off the walls. No one. None of it. Looking for me. Well, and then I feel bad for Fraser in this this bit here because uh, during the credits, Annie can I think he's in her room and she kind of knocks on Fraser's door and. Uh, Comfort eating. Yeah, so it seems like Annie's just saying, like, oh, I feel bad for Fraser. I mean, so she goes down and knocks down. I'm like, love how she knocks and doesn't feel the need to just walk in because it doesn't stop anybody else earlier on in the show. Because people just I feel, go. I feel bad for Fraser because I don't know, like, like, if Annie's just really horny <laughs> or if she's going to offer Fraser a pity fuck, you know? <laughs> I think I think, I think, think it's the latter, to be honest with you. Poor Fraser. Yeah, so Fraser doesn't notice because like, as soon as he closes the door, he comes out of the kitchen where he, like he said he's probably comfort eating. And then that's yeah. the end of the episode. I've got to say, well, I don't know what's worse, no sex or pity sex. Oh, no sex. No, pity sex is worse. Well, depends. If it's, some, if it's with someone like Annie, then probably, probably it's better, I think. No, I'd, I'd prefer gee myself. But... Well, yes, but it's not. I wasn't really the point. I was wasn't really the point I was making. I was talking the idea like I say, pay sex is better than no sex at all. But that's just me. That's no, just you. So you, you'd rather pity sex than no sex. 
Again, if it was someone like who looked like Annie, probably. Well, fair enough. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but we get to the episode and how would you say this ranks up with the episodes kind of like Ham Radio or the Innkeepers or episodes of kind of that? Do you think it's kind of out there as one of the best like, ever? It's all. This episode is a definite thumbs up for me because it's just fucking hilarious, man. Yeah, because like I don't think there, are, I don't think there's anything that can really top Ham Radio, but like it does have those similarities of like every thing is set up perfectly and everything has a payoff and like there's just like multiple like funny lines one after the other. Everybody gets their like their moment in this episode. Maybe Naren doesn't say anything outwardly funny, but his like not being able to hear leads to so much misunderstanding, which leads to so much of the comedy in the episode. Yeah, well that's the thing, in this episode Martin doesn't just say a lot, he's a lot like the way Niles usually is, you know, with that, a little look or a little comment. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, so much, so little mm-hmm. gains so much in this episode, you know? Yeah, and like, again, it's playing with uh, perspectives, which Hooja does very well, like, uh, Guy's thinking Niles is interested in him, uh and thinking that Daphne and Annie are lesbians, so everything that she says regarding Annie, he takes one way when it's meant another, and yeah. and basically everybody like misconstrues what uh, Martin says because obviously he only hears part of like he only gets part of the information because he can't hear because all he hears is but Annie being interested in Fraser, which leads to a misunderstanding, and then also yeah. the idea of like uh, Daphne and. Uh, Vigenel's not seen uh, Daphne and Annie correcting the mistake about the rooms because if they'd seen them go to the right rooms then maybe there wouldn't be so much going around into the wrong room which I know wouldn't be funny but it would have led to a few less awkward moments for them Ugh. But, you know. no, it's, a def- it's a definite thumbs up episode I'd definitely rank this in my top 10 oh yeah same I'd maybe even maybe put you know? top 5 yeah I- I'd be the exact same way and like I said about Guy, kind of, yeah, obviously, he, it's a misunderstanding about him being, he's gay and he thinks Niles is, but again, in a way it is used for community effect, but again, Guy, you don't need to do much to let you know that Guy is gay, and uh, yeah. it's funny how, like, again, some of his lines, given the context of the way he thinks things are going on, and to bit when they actually go in a different way, makes his lines funnier, and also it gives yeah. Niles one of his best lines that, I am not gay, Guy. One of the best lines for Gee also is like, Niles, stop chasing these lesbians! <laughs> They're like, don't be jealous, Niles, and like, Frazier, I think, like, gets a, a, be- Frazier gets a, Frazier gets a great line out of it, and he's like, the, you're not even the sex I want! <laughs> oh, but yeah, this is probably one of the, the best episodes Frazier's ever, like, done, and like, it's, it's cool that we get episodes like this at least once a season, like much like we got Handmaid in season four, where an episode where everything just seems to be like clicking. And, and I think people can hear about how we're gushing about this. This is why we didn't want to go from this to bloody beware of Greeks. Oh, hell no. No, hell definitely no. not. Beware of Greeks is a mildly funny episode, but stacked up against this one, it's utter garbage. Mm hmm. Yeah, this episode just says. It has, in my opinion, this episode has everything. Mm-hmm. As 
picture fun, but I am looking for, you know? Yeah. It's just it's such a classic episode. Because, like, the idea of, like, old misunderstandings and all that, and that's it complete for, like, for lass, is obviously a common thing, but Frasier often does yeah. takes it in a way that just makes it seem, like, better than most shows, I think, they may. It's the way it's executed. That was that's the key of Frasier, like, the writers and the, the actors on it, everybody knew how to execute that kind of storyline so it's also like the reactions from the like, actors, the way they react to certain things. Like Niall's kind of just like the slow reveal, like realizing the like, gee's interested in like the oh, and then when he says like don't be jealous, like oh, and kind of the turn and then suddenly the turn back, like what? <laughs> it doesn't need to be. You don't need to do much. You just need to kind of because we know Daredevil Pierce is excellent at kind of like the physical comedy, but then he just, oh, yeah. but all he does is just slightly turn and then have that realization of like oh, like that penny kind of dropping moment. Well, we can we can talk about David Hyde Pierce's physical comedy ability from my episode uh, with the Valentine's episode. What? You know the Valentine's episode in the later seasons when he's trying to uh, oh, yeah. iron the trousers and, and he keeps like he sees a small cut and he keeps like nearly fainting. Yeah, yeah, that that always makes me laugh so hard, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's only so long we can kind of gush over this this episode. Like, and again, I I, I maintain obviously the way that they portray like so far the way they portray kind of gay characters in Frasier, like with the, like Tom and then Gee, is still better than like other shows probably at this time. And then even like even like when they think Frasier is gay in like season like, eleven in the episode with Patrick Stewart that we mentioned before, it's still yeah. really well played. <laughs> It's so, you know, mm. and I've often thought, like I said, I think Frasier just, it knows how to make it funny, you know what I mean? Mm. It knows how to make it funny without making it, what's the word, like, it, there's no negativity to it, you know? Mm-hmm. No one's getting, no one's getting made fun of particularly, it's just, it's just funny. Mm-hmm. It's so, it's, Frasier is just awesome. Yeah. <laughs> let's just put it simple as that Frasier is awesome. It is. But. Cool. And so we wrap up with episode 15 titled Room Service, which is uh, our once a season uh, visit from Lilith. Yep. Lilith, uh, Lilith, you know. I've always said, I even said it in college, I might prefer guys that can always appreciate a pretty woman. Uh-huh. Lilith is a very pretty woman in this episode. Yeah, because uh, yeah, B.B. Newhouse, who plays her, I think a part of her character, she was never really portrayed uh, as a, attractive because it wasn't a role. Her role was more like the emotionless, kind of very stoic, very to the point kind of character. And yeah. so it doesn't really give you many opportunities to portray her. It's actually, with the one exception of like one episode in, in, in Cheers when her and Fraser actually get together. And then in this episode where you actually see she is a very attractive woman. I think she still is today. Yeah, yeah, she still is. She's, very, she's a very attractive woman. Mm, I, I don't really agree, but uh, again, Fraser's... You know, the thing is, 
the thing that personally makes her attractive to me mm-hmm. it's a whole thing you know it's like it's a personal attraction thing for me she's very she's very pale and very dark at the same time <laughs> I think in the, with this episode you get to properly see a lot more of if you didn't watch yours kind of what Fraser kind of saw in her, like even though like oh, you, you definitely get to see a lot more. <laughs> like obviously, we they they acknowledge that them getting back together would be a bad idea, and it's part of a weird pattern they've got going. But like you still get to see kind of what the attraction kind of was, basically. Like because if you didn't see Cheers, you don't get to see them get together, and so like just yeah. watching Cheers and seeing them after they've separated you wonder like what what was it that brought you two together because they did sleep together in like season one and they would acknowledge yeah. that that was a mistake yeah I, I never saw Cheers until Woody Allen was in it and uh, no, Woody, Woody Allen uh, I think you're crossing you're getting your wife Woody between Allen him and Christy Allen but no I never knew a coach who was in the first couple of seasons the man that had passed on mm-hmm I never knew of him, I knew of Woody, you know? Yeah. yeah so I, I had only seen Woody, and i only seen sporadic episodes of Cheers, so I've never seen Cheers like I've seen Frasier. Uh-huh. Like, that was my point. Because, like, Co- I think the main reason Woody coming out, you'll see Woody is, like, very like dim-witted. I think Coates wasn't very bright either, but, like, he was maybe, like, a an old, like, baseball coach who'd taken too many hits in the head, which is why he was, like... Yeah. And, like, one of his best moments is, like, Cliff is talking about seeing a film about acrobats and wanting to be one, and he talks about, like, the two people... He mentions, like, the two people who were in it. He goes, I saw... I can't remember the film. was with so-and-so and so-and-so, and the coach basically as if, like, Clint went, Cliff went to see the film with the two people. And, no kidding, Cliff. Did you sit between them? Or something like that. It would be better if you watched the episode itself. But yeah, you should watch some yeah. of the coaches stuff. Coaches are a highlight of some of the episodes he was in. But we'll, we'll focus on Frasier rather than Cheers. Yeah. You, hear lot, you hear a lot of people, if you love Cheers, if you love Friends, uh, Frasier, watch Cheers. Cheers is brilliant. Well, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, there's good stuff here, but I can never get into Cheers as a, as a good Frasier. I just like Norman Cliff. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> but... On a Frasier, like Frasier is in the booth, I get him, but this time he has to on a call and uh, Roz is desperate for the toilet and she holds up a sign that says bathroom with a big exclamation mark at the end. And yeah. Frasier's kind of waving off like, like this is the last call or like of the, of the show, so like just hold it and that. And we're talking about like, well, if you had the stream, you know, I'm in this cabin and there's a couple of drips of water, like, and then oh, it's pouring and it's just gushing water everywhere. and See, the more she goes on, but you see Roz just desperately, I can't hold it anymore. <laughs> yeah. That's a striking image. Wouldn't you say so, Roz? Looks the way she's gone. <laughs> and then uh, Lilith uh, pops in and says, Excuse me, I'm looking for Dr. Fraser Crane. Like, Lilith, it's me. No, Roz Doyle, Fraser's producer. Ah, yes, Fraser's fun loving producer who's really having right. too much. Too much fun. Loving. <laughs> and yeah, and, and I was just like, no, I'd love to fire one back at you, but I gotta pee. <laughs> <laughs> and so when Fraser's doing his thing, oh, well, that's all we all have time out for today. Was Dr. Fraser Crane wishing you good day and good mental? Ah! Oh, 
<laughs> Sorry, someone stepped into the, the booth and, and frightened me. You know, it's, it's my ex-wife. And if you're a regular listener, then you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> And then he sees Lilith and she says she's in for a conference and that, and then they make complete small talk like, how's Frederick? He's fine. We have a wonderful child. Yes. And how's, how's Brian? Great. I have a wonderful husband. Did you get the gift basket I sent you? And then Lilith just starts breaking down in tears and Rod comes back in like, what did you do? Nothing. I sent her a gift basket, fruits and festive nuts. Oh, it's not the basket, you nerd. <laughs> like... And she says that Brian eventually has left her and like, you know, he wanted someone a bit more feminine. And he found him. <laughs> the way she, yeah, well, see the way she says it. He said he was looking for someone more feminine. And he found him. <laughs> and then there's like a quick glance, lands around war between uh, Fraser and Ross and Ross mouth him. <laughs> and... Like, she's like, oh, there's, there's no conference. Like, she's just like, she was dealing down. She needed, basically, she wanted to, like, somebody to talk to and that. And, like, freeze her, like, gives her a hug and that. And, like, yeah. oh, oh, so he mentioned, he mentioned, like, the guy who you look at, Stan, Stan, what was it, Stan Chablowski, that little hussy. Yeah. <laughs> and he he hug- do our bedroom cupboards or cabinets or something. Oh, you're jumping ahead of you a bit, uh, like Fraser's hugging her and all that, and he like he, he invites her out with him and Niles uh, later on to go in the union club or whatever. And uh, he's like, oh, I could stay in his arms all day. And then Fraser's like, kind of awkwardly, kind of like, makes the hug up and kind of wonders, like, oh, no, I've got to mean, you know, this manager very important. He walks away very slowly, implying he maybe have an erection. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he immediately, like, for reasons that he'll explain later on, the reason he kind of just had to quickly get out of there, but. If Lilith goes yeah. to leave, uh, if he, Ross says to him, hey, that, that sucks, him leaving you for another man. Do you have any idea? And they're like, no. Then with the contract, we hired to expand our master bedroom. It's quite ironic. Yeah. No sooner do I get the closet of my I, dreams. I finally get the, the closet of my dreams, and my husband comes out of it. <laughs> and Lilith, she she's, she's always say, wait, such so deadpan, and then just wander off. And you see Ross, mm-hmm. as you least trying not to laugh. <laughs> Whether or not that was uh, right. whether or not that was the actress trying not to laugh, or like Roz like was scripted to try not to laugh. <laughs> well, that happens quite often. Fraser and Will like the cast try to stay for a wee giggle here and there. I think I think Roz is like one it happens to. I think most. I think whether you occasionally yeah, you'll catch her, you know. It's always funnier when it happens to Fraser though, because he he struggles to hold on a laugh on occasion. Mm-hmm. You know, like Rose can Rose can cover it up, although it happens to her quite a lot. She can cover it, but when he has a laugh coming, he, he pulls her face. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Fraser goes to the cafe, sees Niles, and like he's got some this kind of this bun in front of him. Like, well, that looks nice. I don't know. Remember your diet. Speaking of buns, I could live without Lilith is back. <laughs> Huh. I'll explain why there was blood dripping from my faucets this morning. <laughs> you know, the, keep the continuity, you know, keeping the not-so-great relationship between Lilith and, uh, and Niles going. And, uh, yeah. like, you know, had some compassion, you know, her husband has left her. Get this for a man. Damn. Oh, dad, five bucks. <laughs> 
Which is kind of cool when you think about it. Like, I know obviously they two never got along with her, the fact they made a bet about her husband leaving yeah. her. I often thought both Martin and Niles were just a tad too cruel to Yeah, but I think they, they kind of acknowledged that in an episode, like how none of them have ever really found somebody that they, like, the other two really got along with that well. And so, like, and uh, Rachel Alexander, she's devastated. I mean, I have to tell you, you, of all people, should know how a messy divorce can leave one. And you see Niles kind of has fallen asleep, like, strangely relaxed. <laughs> and uh, he wakes up, like, Niles, am I boring you? Oh, did I do it again? Sorry, I'm stuffing through a bottle of narcolepsy. <laughs> He's like, good lord, well, since when? Oh, just a couple of weeks. It's part of the divorce proceedings, you know. and just a reaction to stress, and uh, Peter then lets him know that a uh, wealth will be coming out with them to. No, so you know, for that he talks about how the about the destructive pan, like you know, she comes to me in need, and naturally I find her her uh, vulnerability attractive, and we end up in bed together. This happened today. Oh, mama! Something <laughs> 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 like that, and he like so he's like, I need you like help me like make sure I don't fall apart, and I've invited her out to the union club today. Like what? You invited her, like, oh, come on, it's just a bunch of stuffy shirts talking about their portfolios and prostates. Yes, and you ruined it. <laughs> and then like, he's on the phone uh, to one of the lawyers, like, yeah, no, I said, no. No. She already has the house. I'm not even allowed to visit the koi pound. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fraser wakes them up, like, I'm not even allowed to visit the koi pound. Fraser grabs the phone. He'll call you back. <laughs> and he, he says, like, well, aren't we just a pair? A narcoleptic and a weak-willed obsessive. Man, we've had a couple of characters of an O'Neill play. <laughs> Which I've I, I recently found out that... I can't remember the first name of the O'Neill that they're talking about, but one of the plays that uh, O'Neill did was uh, The Iceman Cometh, which I forgot I mentioned was referenced at the start of the episode before... Well, it comes in as it comes out, the ice woman cometh, so. There you go. The more you know. Good information to know, man. Thank you. <laughs> so, it comes back to the apartment, Martin's teaching Eddie a trick. This is really all you see of Martin and Daphne in this episode. Uh, and he's like, hey, look, I, Daphne, I taught Eddie a new trick. Oh, I was reading this movie magazine where they taught a dog to ride a motorcycle. Grab a bit, pick up a baby, Stephen. Jump through a window to safety. What did you teach Eddie? Roll over. <laughs> you must be very proud. And then Fraser and Niles, are in and uh, I'm like Sherry Niles. I think we have time before Lil gets here. And uh, the reaction of Martin and Daphne to hearing Lil's coming up. <laughs> slightly in the, if I'm honest. Yeah, like, what, you know she's coming up here? You said she was going to dinner. You never said she was coming up here. You wouldn't have an hour. You not said anything. You said anything to you? No, no, nothing. Another thing. We could have made plans to be elsewhere. I'll deal with it. She's coming. Like, like she's just a rendezvous. I mean, have some sympathy. Her husband has left her. Now, you can either make it be civil or you can go hide your room because two minutes of conversation with a woman in need is just, not, is just too much for you. Out of my way! Out of my way. <laughs> so, 
he, he, he also drops the cane and when Daphne goes back, he goes, Leave it! Leave it! <laughs> also, I love how she follows him despite the fact that her room is on the opposite end of the corridor. Yeah. People are going to hide in the one room and giving each other support. Maybe. It's like, uh, it's like the bit where Daphne storms, I think the uh, which he dates the guy who went to prison, like, that would be a dramatic storm off if our room was down that hall. <laughs> the funniest bit in regards to that scene is the fact that just after they say that, she comes storming back the other way. <laughs> but then, uh, they, they, they Oh, Fraser's uh, trying to say, I'll be strong, be strong, and then immediately he, like, he, he almost gives in as soon as he sees Lilith, who is looking like rather attractive, as we mentioned earlier on. Oh, she is, she is indeed. She's wearing it. She's, well, her outfit is much more revealing than uh, much more revealing than you, she usually would wear. She usually is very, very much covered up, yeah, and yeah. she mentions, like, it's clearly like if she treated herself to shopping, she was clearly a pathetic attempt to make herself kind of like feel better. If I'm honest, she looks like she's wearing an expensive nightdress. Yeah, because like it's very short, barely even covering her legs, and like there's very little of the back. Of it. So yeah, it's a very revealing thing. Yeah, yeah, you you, you focus on it a lot. Nails yeah. is, is Nails is having to like constantly like keep try and keep uh, Fraser on the street now. Keeps trying to like pull him aside to talk to him, and he goes no. And uh, I can't remember. What, uh, I think she makes some sort of fear reference, but then uh, Fraser, Fraser goes like, "Well, I can, I can almost feel the curtain rising." <laughs> and like Fraser, and then he comes, to, he takes some Fraser in the kitchen, like Eddie will entertain you. Hello, Eddie, and Eddie runs away, and she starts crying. Excuse <laughs> me, I thought Eddie would have ran after Daphne and Martin, but <laughs> and. Uh, so Fraser is in the kitchen with nails who's opening the, the fridge and he, he's like, she knows what she's doing with that dress, but I will not fall for her, her temptations. And then nails, while his head is still in the, the fridge, falls asleep again. And he's like, Did I do it again? Did I do it again? Yes, with your cheek, I can see ice tray. Well, that's strange. I was dreaming I was tangling with Maris. Oh, dancing with Maris. <laughs> Again, talk about how cold she is, like, what she mentioned in the shack minutes of the, what tipped you off? The heat from her side of the bed. He's, uh, he's getting on, like, some cold, like, ice water to kind of cool him off, cool him off, and, like, now, try and think about a very unsexy image whenever you feel yourself falling for her. Like, like, uh, remember when we went to that farm and there was that old dead horse with all those maggots crawling in it? Yeah, well, try and picture that. That should be good, you know. When it comes to undesirable images, you can't be a dead horse. <laughs> <laughs> I will be it's strong. It's very clever, that line. Yeah, it's very clever. Uh, it's an easy joke, but done very cleverly. Yeah. It's done like, I'll be strong. And then cuts the next morning, you see a panning show up, well, with very nice legs. And uh, like, she's in bed with someone, and you think, oh, God, Fraser, Fraser, what have you done? And then pulls back the hey, covers. Is that how you think of Niall's legs? No. What were you talking about? Talking about Lilith. I'm making fun. Yeah. And like you think, oh, what have you done, Fraser? Like you assume it's going to be Fraser that's in bed with her, and uh, put that covers not. reveal it's Niall's. Yeah. And like I remember, like when I first bought like the Fraser box set, I like seen certain episodes, but there are certain some episodes that I'd, I'd seen for the first time, and this was one of them. 
and so like genuinely yeah. didn't know about the reveal of, of Miles being in the bed and legit I was like I legit like gas like good lord like cause don't, cause did, this, you, did you like Lilith's legs? No, but I was like gasping the idea like Jesus Niles and Lilith because before that they'd never like they'd been portrayed as two people who couldn't really stand to like have a conversation with each other. And because like it's only ever brought up again, it is like one of the it's like only brought up again once in another episode when like Daphne like after they're already engaged or whatever finds out about or randomly finds out about it, and that's the only other time it's mentioned. Yeah. Literally, when I watched that episode where Daphne finds out about it, I'd almost forgotten it happened myself. <laughs> the, and like they all they start panicking, like oh god, like what did we do? Well, first you put your... I know what we did. What do we do now? I know what we did. <laughs> no, it's six, seven. Every day. Every day in Arkansas. Oh. <laughs> oh, we're just two people filled with vulnerability and tequila shooters. Why did you have to walk me in my door? Why did you have to look so alluring? And then they get a knock at the door like, Who's that? Don't worry, no one knows we're here. I told Fraser I was driving you home. Hey, why would you do a stupid thing like that? It didn't seem stupid at the time. I can, can I just say? Mm-hmm. This, this doorman in this episode? <laughs> mm-hmm. He's hilarious, man. Yeah, I should say, like, Gee, I think, is a, a contender for, like, one of the best, like, one-episode, like, characters. And, yeah. But, like, this waiter... Is like is up there in consideration as a bit a good like one off like character because like he doesn't really say anything but he doesn't have to because like he's the second and no, third time really. he appe- he doesn't do much the first time he he shows up but the second and third time he shows up it's all in like his facial expressions. <laughs> totally, totally. But like, like, the door goes and it goes again. He goes, "Who is it?" And it's room service that waiter as we said and like, "Oh yes, we ordered breakfast last night, didn't we?" Like, oh, eggs Florentine and eggs Benedict. <laughs> And then Lil asked for ketchup and goes, uh, like, oh, I'll go get some. And like, ketchup with eggs Florentine? Oh, is this your first breakfast together? Just get it. <laughs> I, like the, I like the bit as well um, where she's like, what is it? Eggs Benedict? That's very rich. Although I only have it oh, yeah, like, after sex. Like, like, yeah, uh, yes, eggs Benedict. So we will always order after a night of passion. Very, really? Eggs Benedict is very filling. Well, I only have it once a year. Mm. <laughs> That's very sad. It is very sad, you know. And then, like, the the door goes again, and they assume that's a ketchup, and then you hear Fraser's voice, and, like, uh, oh. and then... Oh, made, God, oh. Fraser is so cringeworthy in this scene. Fraser, right, so Lilith, like, gives them the tray, and, like, has them hiding in the bathroom, like, Take this tray with you, like, food in the bathroom, like, bathroom? and then like, they will go, like, hide in the bathroom, and then they will go inside, and then immediately he pushes out, like, not you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so he opens the door, and, like, Fraser's basically, like, I'm, I give in, like, you know, like, I did everything I could last night, but basically he's there to sleep with him. And she's trying to talk to her, like, yeah. oh, no more games, Lilith, and then, like, one point, uh, you hear a flush at the toilet, and, like, is there something here? No, it's a faulty toilet. Let's see. Let me go see about it. And there uh, goes in and Niles is falling asleep again. And flushed toilet in his moment of drowsiness. Yeah. 
Like, now, what? Did I fall asleep? Yes, on the flesh. Fraser heard you. Oh, he wants to make love to me. Does he have no scruples? He supposed, told me last night he would, to keep me away from you and keep you away from him. And uh, yes, I recognize the irony. I <laughs> <laughs> uh. just the here. I'll try and get rid of him and that. And, uh, and he's already undressing. <laughs> and then yeah, he's already he's already in the robe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like. Uh, the guy comes back with I a love key. The bit, I love the bit where she comes out of the bathroom and sees him in this set and she's like, oh my god. <laughs> and then he's like, my goddess. <laughs> and then like the guy comes with the ketchup and like, like, back with your ketchup, like, not necessary, like, but I still need a bill. Later. Like, and Fraser's like, oh, let's just take care of it. And the guy comes in like, and he has the expression like, you're not the same guy that was here before. But it's the way they just go, okay. <laughs> Uh, the bill like I where's the cart in the bathroom I what's it doing in there I was going to eat lunch while taking eat breakfast while taking a bath still food in the bathroom (laughs) 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 so Fraser and Nels have that in common they don't like food in the bathroom but uh, uh, and Fraser's kind of basically explaining his relationship where he loves to the the waiter and uh, my ex-wife you know Reconciling. Okay. <laughs> okay. And, and then he comes back with the, the bill and that, and then uh, basically she's trying to get the guy like, get the hell out of here, and like, and then Fraser goes, you know what? Why don't you send up an order at Eggs Benedict? You know, no reason she should eat alone. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> and then Fraser again is trying to sleep with like Lilith, like. And then I hear like more noise in the bathroom. It's Nels is falling asleep, and his face is like landed right in the the eggs. And then Fraser, what you know, the hell is? Uh, what? Uh, there's such a line from Fraser in that that leading up to the bathroom scene. Well, sorry, right. well, please enlighten. You need your Fraser. <laughs> and then, like Nels tries to stop him from walking going into the bathroom, and then you see like Nels, like oh. And like he, Fraser just freaks the fuck out and just goes, "I gotta get out of here!" And he runs away. Like, like oh. I have to get. <laughs> like this is him. Um, he runs back and he's like, "Oh, good, you're forgiving us. I'm in a bathroom, bathrobe, you nay." <laughs> like there's a bit of that like there's a line in the he's got like failed to see his face. Like, this is so humiliating. You have egg on your face. That's an understatement. No literal egg on your face. And then Fraser was going back and like, I knew you couldn't stay mad at us. I'm in a bathrobe, you jackass. <laughs> you jackass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a bathrobe, you jackass. <laughs> and then, uh, like, Lilith was like, you know, technically, we didn't do anything wrong. You technically didn't do anything wrong. I'm a little confused myself, but I'm willing to go along with it. And then, so, like, Fraser and Fraser, like, Lilith is, like, explaining, like, how vulnerable she's been feeling ever since, like, she needs, she's in desperate need of validation, and Nels was it's the same way after his divorce and that. And so, like, basically, it's just two vulnerable people looking to feel better about themselves. It was a mistake and all that. And yeah, uh, you're like, I've been feeling very vulnerable since my divorce, and I've needed validation, especially as a woman. 
I agree. What? <laughs> like, Niles was the same. Exactly. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then Fraser, typical Fraser, makes it about him. You're like, hmm, let me see how I look at it. Basically, it's like, there's a culmination, or you're both deep-seated resentment towards me. You, but how well I adjusted after our divorce. You, jealous of my notoriety. And, uh, Logo goes, allow me to May respond. I- what a crock. Nails then goes like, you know, for me, last night was about two very powerful super egos trying to discover their own ids, individual ids together. Call me my own softy, oh, but that's how I see it. <laughs> Oh, I love this episode. So much. <laughs> and then, like, Nails' phone goes, and he, he goes to answer, and then that, that, uh, Frasier and Lil are sitting there, and Lil goes, you know, if you just given in last night, we wouldn't be, three of us wouldn't be here in this hell. No. We'd be the two of us in a whole different kind of hell. <laughs> and then, uh, Nails is arguing again with Maris's lawyer, like, but, no, I'm not gonna get with, you're not going to get with this. I'll see you in court. And then he goes, like, a conversation should put me out like a light. And then uh, Will explains, like, well, you've been feeling emasculated recently about uh, about your divorce, so maybe this went a long way in restoring your confidence and helped your, your narcolepsy. Although he didn't fall asleep when on the phone with the lawyers when he usually does, but why did he fall asleep twice in the bathroom, though? Yeah, yeah. It's a weird little, a tiny little plot hole in an otherwise really good episode. Tiny little thing, but not something you want to pull at whilst you're enjoying the episode, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Then, and uh, Niall says, like, oh, well, similarly, now you, you're feeling like that you don't need to feel like that, that uh, Brian left you because you're unattractive. You have ample evidence to the contrary. You're right. If, yeah. Stan, if Brian wants a, a pretty little wife, he can keep Stan. <laughs> 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 and then, uh, Bridger uh, is just like, well, isn't this worked out lovely? You two have resolved your issues. The waiter is, has received a handsome tip. And look, Niles and I have matching bathrobes. It is not even 9.30 yet. And then Lilith goes to them like, let's just, just save it. Fine. And she wanders in the bathroom and goes, I guess I'll go have some breakfast. And uh, a very touching moment between Fraser and, uh, and Niles is like, Niles goes, are we okay? No. No. Guess that'll that'll do for now. About Fraser overall is that you can have so much comedy and so much slapstick and miscommunication, mm-hmm. but it still manages to give a a message as such, you know, like still have a serious point to it. Yeah, it's so like obviously this is a, a big comedy. I say this is a big thing, obviously, like for Fraser to deal with with uh, having his brother slept with his ex-wife and, uh, and you know, his brother to him, and to him is kind of also like his best friend in a way as well so it's you know, it, it best is, friend what his best friend but also his rival in a sense as well kind of yeah but yeah. also I forgot to mention he also said like he's looking for a way to kind of like resist uh, if I ever find myself feeling attracted towards you again I will just see the back of my brother's head and tell, let me tell you, that is one tr- glass of ice water, let me tell you. <laughs> but then, yeah, they had that moment, obviously, like, we're not okay, like, but we will be, like, with time, like, we'll we'll get past this. And then a guy comes yeah. back with the other order, and just now sees two guys in the room, just like, 
okay, you just gotta have to look at like, I'm done with this. <laughs> I don't care anymore, just take your fucking bill and go. Yeah, and then <laughs> credits are just Lil just casually sitting uh, in the bathroom eating her eggs Florentine with her ketchup. And that's how the episode ends. Fucking fair play to her, man. She wants to sit in the toilet and eat her eggs and have sauce on them. Fucking let her do it. Yeah. But. But. Before you even ask, thumbs up and then some. This episode is fucking great. I, I would, I would totally agree with you. It's a definite thumbs up episode. You know, Lilith episodes. Lilith episodes. Sorry, you're saying. Oh, sorry. This episode is in my top three. Ooh, interesting. I don't know where this would rank for me in all-time episodes. I had to kind of give it a think, but like I said, I saw the episode. It's very rare that a Lilith ep- episode really disappoints, to be fair. Oh, hell yeah. So true. Very rare. Yeah. No, because like you had the Thanksgiving episode a couple of seasons ago. That was a really good one. Yeah. You know, that's something like, we should think about doing on a future episode. How's that? A ranking of all of the episodes. Well, I was thinking a similar thing for the BB episodes, but we can, I guess we can do it both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, I think it'd be really good, you know? Cool. Uh, but Paul, it's been a really good episode now, getting back to, to Fraser and all. We've, and I think we've, uh, those like, last episodes have definitely made up for the first one we had to talk about. Well, in fairness, we still giggled talking about the first one. Oh yeah, we did, in, in some aspects. I mean, it's not, it's not a, it's not a fucking terrible episode. It's mm-hmm. a great episode, that first one we discussed, but it's not terrible. It's, continuity-wise, it's fucking terrible, but episode-wise, it's not the worst. Mm-hmm. Just not as good as others. Nathan Lee's episode sucks ass, but, <laughs> you know. Like... I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see some of the other people's thoughts in there on Facebook or on uh, Twitter at SP Rambling uh, and Gaming Scotland Cleaning Six or Facebook.com forward slash Rambling Podcast. Let me know what you think about these episodes. Where do they rank? Is Beware Weeks as bad as we may be making it out to be? Uh, let us know. Yeah. Do you have Do you have an issue with the continuity of like Martin's brother or Yale's Cassie past it? Well, I'm very interested to get uh, people's thoughts. And remember to subscribe and give us a wee rating on any good Android podcast and see that we're available on like Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podbean, all of them. And as we said earlier, we'll be back with next week with more wrestling. We've got Making an Impact next week and then following that uh, in your gaff 5, the final one of 1995. And then we move on into 1996 where hopefully things take a, a turn for the better. Well, a lot of people say the WWF took a turn for the better around about 96 yeah some people are negative to WWF in 95 I'm not as negative as some you know I still think there's little nuggets of good to come out of 95 but mm. I, I, I'm in the minority there <laughs> well, but I think again part of a business kind of thing and also I think it was because like, it was a time where W was overly done with like weird gimmicks Rather than like, mean, uh, cre- rather than credible like main eventers as we've seen from the main events of some of the in your houses we've been talking about. Yeah, but like I say, you think of nineteen ninety five, you think Mantor, Mabel is Max king. Moon. 
Yeah. Lots of crazy ass characters they didn't go very far. Nope. But uh, uh you have in your in your house five on VHS. Do you have the, the first one on ninety six on VHS? Which one's the first one on ninety six? I can't remember what it's called. It's like between the rumble and, and mania. I think it's the one with the the cage. I think there's a cage with Uh, and you're uh, buried alive one? No, it's not buried alive. Then you're sites. Uh, Owen, I think fights Sean on that one. I think it's either Diesel or I think uh, Brett fights Diesel and like Taker comes fight under the ring. I I think I need to get that one. Well, so you got obviously time to get that one, but also, like, I know obviously you've got in your house five on VHS, but you know we'll cut. We'll, we'll, you know how I bought all the, the special raw tapes in one big bulk lot? Mm-hmm. Well, I had an opportunity to buy all of your houses in a bulk lot, but I wasn't paying 70 plus quid for it. Well, I don't think you really need to buy a lot, buy like a bulk like that, because like, I think there's a lot more of them, but also you've already got quite a few of the in your houses. Like, as with the raw ones, yeah. you only had a few like of the tapes, but you've got a fair amount of the in your houses already, so I probably wouldn't justify paying that much money for half the tapes you've already oh, got. The problem is try to see try to find those tapes out with a collection. Mm-hmm. Can be difficult, you know? Okay. Can be difficult, but that one in your house six with the cake match is not a hard one to get. Fair enough, Bill. I look forward to talking about In Your Gaff and Impact when we get there and I've enjoyed talking about Fraser and we hope you have too but uh, Bull, uh, it's been good chatting to you again Yeah, it's been good to be able to do a show being on full form for once rather than being shitty and feeling ill Well, I think well, even, even with you feeling ill we still had a time we adjust to it again because of like COVID having to record via this kind of medium but you know if you're looking at the news, hopefully things will be looking up very soon and we'll get back to, you know, business as usual. Hopefully some, hopefully soon someone will bitch slap Donald Trump in the head and he'll wake up. <laughs> yeah. Well, until oh, then... That's crazy. I tell you. Crazy. But until then, we'll just say goodbye, everyone. See ya. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs Oh my And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged <laughs> But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again Scrambled eggs all over my face What is a boy to do? Frazier has left the building.